What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another beautiful episode of the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. We are here. It is a stacked show. We got a stacked group of folks here, as you can see. We got the whole crew, guys. We got Jive Turkey Nano. We got Esso Akiro. We got This Is Drew. Some like to call him Mystic Drew. What's up, guys? How we doing? What's up, buddy? Good, brother. Better now. Let's go. Welcome back. Welcome back. So as you saw from the opener there, this episode is going to be all about trilogies. And it is going to be about our favorite trilogies each. So before we jump into anything, before we start breaking down these trilogies, whose trilogy is which pick, why we chose that pick, you know we got to show the quick disclaimer clip here. So, uh, with that being shown, as you can see from that previous clip, we do not own any of the rights to the clips we will be showing in this episode today, and we'll, we'll be, we will definitely be showing some clips. Um, you can definitely see all of these fights on UFC.tv, aka UFC Fight Pass, and uh, without further ado, we will go ahead and jump right into things. Who, who wants to lead us off? Who's, who's, feeling, who's feeling hot and ready to go? I say the man walking up right above me. Oh, oh. Okay. That guy? That guy right there? This guy, man. I saw him throw the first punch, the first stat on the board. Let's Let's go go with it. Let's see. What you got for us, buddy? Got to. Nothing but offense over here. Come on. (laughs) Appreciate it, y'all. Appreciate it. Come on. Good to be back, you know, after a little hiatus, like you said, in Mexico. You know how we do. Uh, But yeah, honestly, the the one for me, and I think it's partially because it's my favorite fighter of all time, a Mount Rushmore fighter of all time. Uh, I got my boy, GSP, George St. Pierre. Versus Matt Hughes, another Mount Rushmore, another great of the greats here in the division. I picked this one for a few reasons, but before I go into why, let me kind of paint the picture for y'all. Let me give a little context as to why I chose this trilogy as one of the best. And again, I believe we've had 16 trilogies in the UFC over the last 30 years, but this is one of my favorites personally. Going into the first fight, again, you've heard the name Matt Hughes. If you haven't, go back and check out his tape. He's a doubt. One of the greats at this time. Okay, he was the current champion at 36 and four, which is crazy nowadays to hear of a fighter having 40 fights and still being at the prime of his career and actually holding the belt at this time Um, at only 31 years old, which is even more crazy to say. Uh, Again, can't argue with the resume. Can't argue with Matt Hughes' legacy. And going into this fight, he was honestly. Maybe at the time, y'all can you know interject at any point here. But at this time, during the Matt Hughes era, it was really him and maybe BJ Penn who actually did get a win over Matt as some of the best fighters of this time period. I'm gonna of the have early to cut 2000s. in real quick here, just Talk because you me. mentioned BJ Penn. Uh, Talk to me. Now, I mean, but before I let you really start jumping into breaking down this fight at all, one of the most memorable things in the world, one of the most memorable lines in all of MMA history, actually happened before this fight ever even took place. And it's still regarding these two gentlemen, Matt Hughes and GSP. Um, it, it actually took place right after Matt Hughes got his win over BJ Penn. Let's take a look at that. You know, George is next in line, so let's, uh, let's go. Well, congratulations on a most impressive victory. All right, here's George. I'm very glad you won that fight, Matt. But uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. 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 
And I look forward to, to fight you in the near future. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Oh, that's the best. So that, uh, that beautiful line that everybody has heard that, that's seen those clips, right? Uh, it came before they ever even fought one another. So um, before we have you jump into breaking down the fights, uh, what was your favorite one out of, out of the three times that they went at it? The first, the Ooh. second, the third, because oftentimes these trilogies, as as we're going to break down across the episode, they're very, very different each time. That is a good point. That is a good point, right? Different stories, different trajectories, different situations, different stakes. Um, I mean, I think because, well, I'm going to say the second one, in my opinion. The third one, honestly, is another, I think, more of the stamp, more of kind of the seal of approval, you're almost kind of assuming he was going to win. But I think after coming off the first loss, which, spoiler, Matt Hughes wins this first bout, I think that second one, though, was really fun to watch. Almost got his poetic justice and getting him out in the first in the same way at the end of the first round as did Matt to GSP. But that second one was fun. I mean, the third two, you just, oh, man, it was a thing of beauty. He just went out there and dominated. So not as competitive, but I think, for most fans, they would enjoy that second bout probably the most. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that being said, just just to put a picture to to your poetic words and descriptions here, let's go ahead and show the people what those fights actually look like. Round one, fight. solid trilogy man let's um, go let's go and just to very, add very some bad. color there too it's like what well, you saw that first round that first you know, round one right again you see a matthews a 40 fight veteran at 31 years old the current champ at the time going up against a george st pierre who was only 23 years old young but everyone knew the talent you know it was obvious everyone knew what was going to become of george st pierre um some may say maybe that was a bit early for a title shot but his victories at the time were just so impressive going into it and like you said he wasn't impressed with his performance so you know going into that first bout unfortunately george st pierre was one second away one second away from escaping the first round but you see matt lock up the armbar veteran move again the pedigree the experience in the octagon obviously paid dividends but what I'm glad happened in that fight is he did tap early. He avoided any injuries because that's one thing that's going to derail any legend to become legendary. You got to be healthy. You got to be in the octagon. You got to get the experience. And that's exactly what George did right after that fight. Literally within a calendar year, or I guess 13 months, technically fought four more times against the best of the best. George, similar to John Jones is only fighting the best of the best. So going up against the elites, just 
continuing to ascend. You know, this again, we, we get to see the maturation of George. And man, that was a fun streak. Gets a ton of Octagon experience. Goes, beats BJ Penn, gets a little bit more momentum going into that Matt Hughes fight, who's again approaching his mid 30s, has been in more wars, you know, 45 fights into his career. George, with his ascension and unfortunately a legend kind of on the downfall, is what you start to see in those round two and three. Really just George put it on him and showcase the new hybrid fighter at the time. You know, again, outside of you know, Matthews and BJ Penn, maybe some other fighters we can name here as well. But George, man, really took over the face at this time. I mean, he talented as all hell, his karate background, his knockouts, the way he was submitting people. I mean, just as well-rounded as can be. Again, a Mount Rushmore fighter, in my opinion. Maybe I'm biased, but I think that's why I chose this one again. It was kind of a passing of the torch. An old legend of the you know late 90s or early 2000s in Matt Hughes. Again, then getting to see George St. Pierre take the fight games to the next level. You know, kind of like a Kobe to LeBron kind of a little scenario we had here in the UFC. But I'm going to get off my soapbox, man. But that was that was it. It's fun. It was a fun trilogy. I recommend everyone going to watch. They're all pretty quick. You know, not a lot of time spent on the old YouTubes or the whatever you stream videos at, but go check them out. The Fight Pass, wherever you could check. UFC.tv. Go to UFC.tv. They own the rights to these videos. There we go. <laughs> People that own them. That's let's how go we there. avoid the DCMA strikes, guys. And, and that's, that's actually where I screen recorded the videos that I use the clips from. Perfect. Um, Everyone go check them out there. <laughs> Won't spend too much time. Maybe 15 minutes as you're stretching or warming up before you go hit the bag. We go check them out, man. George St. Pierre. Beautiful at the art of fighting. Uh, just before we move on to the next fight, in in, in regards to that fight, man, I, I got to completely agree with everything you said. You you've laid out a great uh, kind of platform and foundation for the beginning of the episode here. GSP not only took over the face of that division, he took over the face of Miss mixed martial arts. He became the face of mixed martial arts for a lot of people, myself included. Um, it we talked about this two episodes ago, maybe three episodes ago. At this point, we're pumping him out, you know, um, but. If you, if you take drug testing into the equation and we're talking about purity of sport, the best to ever do it, it's GSP, hands down. If you you take USADA out of the game and, you know, we all be uber macho men and we're like, let's let these guys get roided out and see how freaking tough guys can really be, dude. Then it's John Jones all day. Um, unfortunately, against against, you know, what I wish my answer to that was. But again, if we're talking purity of sport, it's always going to be GSP. And the fact that he suffered a loss in the first bout got not only a, a kind of flash knockout win over him where he got the ground and pound finish right after that drop. He went and, like you said, poetically finished him via submission and the same submission. He tapped him out yeah. via armbar. And it was yep. beautiful because you might not have noticed it in the quick clip because, like you said, it was, it was quick. Make sure you guys go back and watch these real fights. Matt Hughes had to verbally tap. He was yelling, tap, 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 tap. Um so that and was, you hear that was Joe Rogan. Fun. Yeah, you hear Joe Rogan too. He has a triangle. He can get that too. Oh no, but he's going for the armbar. Yep. Oh, boom, gets it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. There, I mean, there's with GSP, there's always so many opportunities there or options for that matter, because he creates options. He creates availability and submissions. Mm -hmm. And the last um, thing I wanted to say too, as you carry it on here and move us forward, but again, through this whole reign of George St. Pierre, this was, you know, two years in between the, the first to the second fight, another year after that. And through that time period, again, Matt or George St. Pierre is just on his run. 
He does from the second fight between to the third. He does lose to another Matt, Matt Sarah, another Daug, which is probably one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. Maybe that's an episode for another day. But that was one of those fights where nobody expected George to lose. He loses, but he goes through Matthews, goes and avenges Matt Sarah, never loses again. Takes some time away, does a victory lap, comes back, wins the championship again. George is my favorite man, but yeah, his his story, the way he did it, it's hard to argue. Get me off of here, man. I, I'll talk about it all day. <laughs> I talk about the GSP all day, man. I'm starting a man crush on him. It's getting hot in here. I don't know if it's, it's the not even Monday. No time for man crushes today. It's woman crush Wednesday. Um, there you so go. <laughs> we are we are going to jump into uh, our very own Golden Boy next. We're going to have Aso Akiro lead the next conversation here uh before we do that either you guys have anything to add or, or that you'd like to say about that trilogy that yes. one doesn't tickle any heartstrings for drew I, I can tell i could definitely tell that uh but for me i just hate to see the common trend especially with fighters about that villain arc that they do in regards to getting that additional promotion so in uh i'm not impressed with your performance thing that was george's own villain arc and it kind of had his own downfall because as you, as you can see he takes on this unnatural persona and that's not who gsp is like there is that darkness within him but that's within him to show and communicate through his talent and ability in the octagon for him to actually show it it with his i guess conversational skills i mean he's no chel sunnin but for him to say that was like a, oh okay can he back up his words but they you know that's not naturally what it is and you can see the reaction of how uh, Matt Hughes got that submission in the first fight like he was just all head like am I doing it for the show am I doing it for myself second fight like Nano said it was just the approval of that oh yeah this is how he goes out and then the third fight even more of a statement. so it's definitely left a statement of yeah this is who I am this is who I need to be I'm not that typical bad guy I don't need to call out people in that certain way I'll let my skills do the talking I'm the best ever like that is who GSP is that's why his legacy has soared and even beyond to this day it's still echoing throughout the halls of many many gyms throughout the country and around the world secondly shout out to gsp his brand that officially launched out today out of newfoundland um i'm 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 off the top of my head i cannot get the name but gsp does have a vodka and hopefully we can show it in the next segment moving forward because i'm pretty sure gsp is not going anywhere away from our conversations in relation to the fights that we have to talk about GSP with the vodka? Yes, actually. Let's go. Jamie, Jamie, can we actually get what the name is? Get Jamie on this, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie. It is a vodka seltzer of GSP licensing. Uh, oh. Let's see here. No way. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I know it was on his Instagram, but it's not popping up on... So we'll be we'll be having this in Vegas uh, in July. Yes, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I feel go, like that boys. is the way to go. But yeah, back to you, Olin. As you I get to hear the it. name here. Beautiful. Well, um, while he's pulling up that name, we're going to be having that golden boy that you just heard from, Aso Akiro, leading us off in the next front here, talking about his favorite trilogy. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and look at what that trilogy looked like. Round one, fight. Fight. 
gosh. That makes me so happy to just watch it all over again uh, just because of the memories that are just associated with that. Um, As you can see, Chuck the Iceman Liddell versus Tito the Huntington Beach bad boy Ortiz. Um, And I'm definitely pouring one because, man, my emotions are all up in the mix now. So, gentlemen, if you'd like to join me on the side, have a toast for this fight and the fights that we're going to talk about on this, please do just because, oh, gosh. Even if you weren't a fan, if you weren't following in the late 90s up to this trilogy, specifically Tito and Chuck, if you don't know the backstory, you knew who those faces were. Like, you knew the element of fire and ice in MMA. So let's go ahead and go back to 2004. But before we go ahead and... Oh, my man's going to grab some tequila to join us, and I'll go ahead and wait for the cheers. And before I go on my little tangent here, I would like to give a shout-out to GSP's Vodka, Per saying vodka teams up with LNLC to launch this vodka. So yes, to answer MMA Anomaly's question, we will definitely have this vodka in Vegas. Um, go ahead and check out that Instagram page on GSP tab to have the post. Um, the comments are hilarious just because GSP has been super involved with daily regimens of training. Um, giving his daily workouts, what equipment he uses. Um, But now he's getting into the alcohol game, which is surprisingly vodka for this part. Yeah, exactly. GSP Juice. (laughs) Shout out Super Silly Shy Guy. You already know that's the homie Shan. Shan, good to see you, bud. Thanks for joining us. And uh, here's a cheers to you. Is all my gentlemen ready for this toast, this cheers? Let's go. Let's go. Hold up. Hold up. Let's get let's hear it. Cheers, boys. here. We got to get the whole Brady Bunch here. You already know what it is. Yes, yes. And for those also joining, I hope you guys have a beverage. Hope you guys have something with you. Um, get comfy, get relaxed, and buckle in for the ride as Jive Turkey already took us on one hell of a roller coaster. Cheers, gentlemen. Thanks cheers. again for having us. Salud. Cheers. All right, so let's get into it. Go back to 2004, where everything started, right? And this is right after Randy, the natural couture, beats both of these gentlemen, right? So you have Tito and Chuck, and there is some bad blood here. So what is this bad blood? Before social media was super big, before any of this clout was being used for the promotions of this sport, there was definitely whispers in the hall of the gym. And the biggest thing was, is like, why is this guy ducking me? Why is this guy ducking me? And the person that was asking that question was Chuck. Um, why is this person being the way he is? We trained together. He's a cool dude. But apparently Tito was supposed to be, a.k.a. the golden boy of the new era to take this league, this organization into the next chapter. April, April 2nd, I believe. Yes, April 2nd, 2004 in Las Vegas. They have their first fight. And people already know that the Huntington Beach Bad Boy, or uh, Huntington Beach Bad Boy, excuse me, thank you, Duce, for that. Um, he's going in super confident. Uh, he's going in with that bad boy mentality against Chuck, the coldest Iceman till this day. Um, and they finally duke it out. But if you look back and you look at the paper of it all, Man, he is really him. He doesn't need a mouth. Like, every successful fighter in this organization has proved to be the best of who they are based on their talent and their performance within the octagon. Yeah, they had a good mouth. Yes, everybody wishes, especially Dana White, that they have 10 Conor McGregors. Every single person wished they had that. Someone that could speak their game and back it up. Unfortunately, we've seen many downfalls of people trying to have this persona, higher-than-life kind of mentality going into it. And they just have that own downfall. So with Tito, on the other hand, Tito came in with that mentality, but they did not have what we wanted to see. Everyone actually favored Tito with these odds. Uh, They don't have the odds in regards to the betting matches, but... 
if I had put my money at that time, it would be Chuck. Chuck was definitely the more skilled fighter. He definitely had more of a ground game. He definitely knew his way around the ring. And hell, he was one hell of a tank. So if you go back and you look at the stats in regards to this fight, I mean, Chuck Liddell takes him out round round three. Like, yeah, they stood each other up. Yeah, they sized each other up. But at the same time, that fight went on, and Chuck Liddell outscores him, he outstrikes him, and he just basically works around where he gets that knockout in the round, um, in round three for that first fight. Now let's fast forward a little bit. Tito finally has some time to digest and kind of reflect on it. Um, that first fight was definitely a quote-unquote mistake in his favor. He got caught up in his own lore. So yeah, guess what? That bad boy mentality definitely got humbled, but he still has that confidence, right? He is the Huntington Beach bad boy, so let's see what he has. They go into the second fight, and now let's take it from round three to round two. And again, it was a knockout. TKO and Chuck Liddell, the coldest man, takes out the fire of what he does. Um, this isn't your typical trilogy as people thought, okay, cool. Chuck gets the first one. Chuck gets the second one. That's it. That's done. I hate to say it, but this trilogy continues with Golden Boy Promotions back in the year 2018. Um, even before that, going into the second fight, prior to that, Chuck Liddell had a torn MCL. Like, there is no question to how tough this fighter is. Just outside of Tito Ortiz, <laughs> this man is a tank. He is built with toughness. Like, he is your typical fighter of, like, I can do this all day. Shades of Captain America, right? Like, he is your trainer. He is loyal. Yeah, he had his ups and downs. He wasn't great on the microphone, but he was the one to stare into your soul and give you chills. My boy, shout out, Jake Parkinson. I know you be tuning in every now and then. He squared up with Chuck Liddell himself at a bar, for that matter, at San Luis Obispo in that area. Don't know which one it is, but he said that he felt his soul leave his body when staring into the eyes of men. Mind you, they were both drinking. They were both having times with their good company. But he was like, Chuck, I'm a huge fan. Can we do a quick, quick stare down, please? As he stammers. Chuck then goes, all right, let's do it, kid. Looks at him, and then Jake goes, "That's the I'm never going to forget this moment the rest of my life. So shout out to Jake. I had to throw in your anecdote for there because if I was in your shoes, I would have the same exact reaction. So let's go ahead and go to the Golden Boy. Um, unfortunately, in 2018, both fighters came out of retirement to handle this bad blood that they still have, although Chuck kind of solidified his position and who this trilogy was just because if, if everyone remembers here after that duo of fights that happened, Rampage Jackson started entering the league. A lot of fighters started coming up. Tough was on the rise. So it was already um, right after um, the records that were already being set. I believe Chuck was already 14 fights in. Tito was already 10 fights in prior to the second fight. So these guys were already not at the top, but they definitely were at their prime. And when a fighter goes to their prime, I mean, once you peak, Unfortunately, the fight game is a tough minute. It's the only way is to go down. 2018 comes around. Um, Golden Boy happens. Oscar De La Hoya gets them out. They put him in the ring, and Ortiz scores a knockout in the opening round in 4 minutes and 24 seconds um, and does his signature Huntington Bad Boy. Dig that ditch. Let's see the grave. Put him in. Put it away. Um, it's just been such a long time. They shouldn't run it back. A lot of legends are coming back and having this celebrity kind of boxing match. <laughs> Um, but in regards to the nostalgia, in regards to the feelings that you had seeing them go at it at their prime and their best, like 
it's nice to revisit every now and then, but I hate to see it for Chuck. But now, yeah, now the score is two to one. And if you guys want to go five, great. I just hope it goes into the way that Creed is telling its story. Like, yes, we've all seen the Rocky movies, but if they happen to want to take a young fighter under their wing and kind of talk their game even more behind a coaching standpoint and like bestow their knowledge and wisdom of what they got in the octagon to a younger fighter, then we could actually have that fight continue. I mean, it won't be them. But their game and their influence, their motivation can be bestowed onto these younger fighters. And they can still light the fire that they once carried. Back to You'll you. You'll love to hear that. My God. Ooh. Let's go. Ooh. Shit. I, I should have saved, saved this guy for less. That's a hell of an act to follow. What the fuck? <laughs> Hello. I mean, I wanted to pull out the stats like it was yesterday, but I definitely wanted to recall the memories recall the feelings the emotions that we all had because if if you weren't watching ufc at that time i mean hell i was it was 2004 2005 2006 ufc wasn't the biggest thing i mean i saw joe rogan on the screen i was like that guy's from fear factor like it wasn't the most popular (laughs) thing it wasn't but once you saw tito and his blonde hair in the movie i I believe was unleashed with jet lee oh you see and you see chuck liddell's cameos in a lot of action movies of just the tough guy being in the background you knew these faces. It was kind of 100%. Uh, a la WWE. Like Dana White had the formula, but these oh, yeah. guys actually had that impact of fighters in regards oh, to like yeah. like the never back down ripple. That was you know that didn't even happen yet. Never these guys down, dude. These guys movie, had it already. Movie. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. these are the guys, man. These are like superheroes, like you said, WWE style action figure esque. Legends, oh, man. Absolutely. This I was, was only the 10 model. or 11 at the time. Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, in our garage. Real and, quick, like, our this is GSP's garage. liquor that uh, oh, Jalen was so kind to mention here. Um, oh, yeah, that's it. Bottle. Yeah, I need to go the get last some. time I had a glass of vodka at 9 a.m. in the morning was at my after party for one of my fights in Las Vegas. Today is the official launch of my vodka per sang in St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, and here, here you can see a comment from the guy, who that is. The, yo, man, yo. The, the legend, Asokiro, <laughs> not Jesus, Newfoundland. Yes, I want the viewers out there Dude. to take take a look at how I actually spelled that. So shout out to Shorzy if you guys have Hulu and the viewers out there have Hulu. Check out Shorzy and Letterkenny, one of my favorite TV shows at the moment, and they give a shout out to Newfoundland because that accent. <laughs> That accent is very thick, so it's like "Law Jesus, boy." Like it's very, <laughs> like very that that Scottish twang. I, I don't even know what they call it twang out there. You guys could go ahead and comment and you know give me a lesson out here. Is that Scottish um, spice? <laughs> that, you know what I mean. What, once I find myself doing that accent, I definitely feel like Brad Pitt out of out of Snatch, right? Oh <laughs> yes. Oh, did, did like, you like that? The little cockney accent. For it, then. So it's like, I'll yes, bye. Let's fucking do it, bye. That's crazy. That's easy. <laughs> I gotta fight you for it. <laughs> but yes, yes. Uh, Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell. If you don't know him now, you know. I mean, those oh, were the legends. fire starters. These guys walk so all the other fighters to be introduced and talked about today can't even run further. So, if you didn't know, now you know. Thanks to Mister Aso Akiro, you already know. Um, now it's time for uh, unless anybody has anything they want to add to that. I'll be honest; like I'm, I'm scared to even add anything to that. I feel like. I feel like this guy covered all the bases. He covered all the uh, stuff. Two legends, like you said. Two legends. If you don't know, now you know for sure. Go check them out. But uh, those are those are two just two of the best names, two of the top names in the UFC. You can, I mean, of all time. Really. Of all time. 
they're they're legends that help pi- they're pioneers not even like legends they're pioneers of the game yeah mm-hmm. um they both belong in the pioneers wing of the ufc hall of fame and if there is ever a like unified over over inducting like mma hall of fame i think they should be two of probably the first five names to go in um along with you know your your stefan bonner god rest his soul and uh forrest griffin but that's another conversation for another episode which i think will be a really fire one um which brings us into the next topic here. Mystic Drew. This is Drew. He, uh, y- you know, I feel almost like whenever we started this conversation, I knew that me and Drew were going to kind of be taking shots at each other with our picks. Um, Subtle. Me, me being a big fan of Daniel Cormier. He was from Louisiana. He ended up training in mixed martial arts in San Jose. Somewhat relatable for your boy from Louisiana. Trained mixed martial arts in San Jose at the same gym. Um, and, you know, Drew's favorite fighter of all time is Conor McGregor. So we'll get into my pick later in the episode. Let's see who Drew picked, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all ages. Round one, fight. And I, I got to be honest, Ooh. Drew, I, I hope, I really, really freaking hope that you respect the fact that I took my bias and my love for DC out of that when clipping the clips for the last fight, because there were like three really good flurries for DC in the early two rounds. Um, but that was definitely Stipe's biggest and best moment of the fight. So I knew that the, I had to put that one in there. Uh, or I'm surprised else you didn't ask you would us call for me help. On it. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to. I, I cried a little bit. Guys, I don't want to do I it. I rewatched that Get fight it. like three times, and it it was really upsetting. I'll be completely honest with you. That's <laughs> yeah, tough. Well, before we it's get tough. into it, I mean, we were in New Orleans for DC Steep A2, and whoo, we were drunk off hand grenades and whatever else we did. And Oh, Lord. Oh, it went from oh, a very Lord good time to a very bad time very quickly. Well, for one of us, yeah. You were fucking Ooh. insufferable that night. <laughs> <laughs> <There it is. laughs> <laughs> that night was on par with the night like six and a half years prior when fucking Connor beat my boy uh, Dustin Poirier. Oh, the, the first time. And yep. you were you were oh, yeah. the worst that night. That's probably that's probably the least I've liked you in all of our friendship. You <laughs> uh, <laughs> said this is a milestone for us. Like, like, I don't know if I yeah. like it. We'll, we'll talk and, about and, and put, Connor yeah. later. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Connor so let's let's later. uh let's hear about it, Drew. But yeah, let's hear about it, Drew. So yeah, my trilogy, obviously, as we saw, was Stipe Miotic <laughs> versus Daniel D. Um, before <laughs> so, 
should should we do should we do should we do a little shot to reset? Let's do a little yeah, shot right, yeah, let's do a shot to reset. Let's do a little shot to reset. Uh, sippy, sippy. Oh, Good luck, guys. Oh, <laughs> shit. oh, me. Oh, my. Whew. Let's ride this train oh, again. Oh, Let's try this again, I'm guys. There we go. <laughs> Jeez. Let's hear it, oh. baby. All right. So, yeah, my trilogy is Stipe Miotic versus Daniel DC Cormier. Um, it The storyline behind this was just amazing because you have Stipe, who's one of the greatest heavyweights of all time the only person to defend his belt, I believe, four times. And you have DC moving up in weight to become another double champ. Um, he cleaned out the light heavyweight division, moved up, and wanted to go for that belt. Um, the first fight was a little disappointing for me, obviously, because I was going for Stipe. And um, in a way, I think it was good for Stipe because... He absolutely got better after that loss. Um, as you saw throughout the trilogy, his game planning throughout the first fight, the second fight, and the third fight was just amazing. Um, obviously, he lost the first fight. And I, that brings me, I want to ask the chat and also you guys a question after the first fight. How do you guys feel about the automatic um, rematch when it comes to championship fights? Because as we saw after that first fight he lost, he did not get the automatic rematch. And was kind of upset about that. So I want to just ask a question to you guys first. How'd you feel about that? Ooh, that is interesting. And, you know, thinking about that more uh, after reflecting on the George St. Pierre, Matt Hughes fight, like I mentioned, George literally fought maybe four times, five times before he fought Matt again within a year. So I, this is a bit of a newer phenomenon we're seeing, right? Is it almost an automatic that they should have the back-to-back, you know, automatic rematch? It's always situational. I think with these two heavyweights at this time and at the stage in their career, I think it kind of felt right. I don't remember feeling like, oh, you know, someone else was snipped. It feels like at this time, especially after Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, there was really a lot of, up and down in the heavyweight division, knowing that was really a steady champ. Uh, so this was really to solidify those. These are the two obvious best heavyweights at the time. I felt like, so it made sense. Yeah. I think, I think the same, I agree with Nano in regards to the situational aspect of it, just because if you look at Anderson Silva and Chris Weidman and Figueroa, uh, I believe John McCarthy said this, like, Automatic rematches aren't guaranteed, especially if the defender or contender hasn't had an impressive defense run or momentum for that fighter isn't set. Um, I see the chat going off right here. It looks like Eric. Eric brings up a good point. I believe in boxing uh, adds it into their contracts, but at the same time, I don't want four fights in a row of the same people. I'm 100% uh, behind you with that one. Um, just because what, what kind of competition um competitiveness is that you know like you, if you look at the rankings number one goes against the title great handle that okay but what about number two number two is gonna be fighting number three number four number five what about the new number one contender what about them so i guess it does depend on the momentum of the fight um if we were to put this in a video game perspective like is there hype for this fight do we need to run it back super quick um do we have time for you to recover 
um, what can we do to make this the most optimal match to make in the near future? And does the next person in line deserve it more than you do? So there's just a lot of questions to ask. So uh, one, I think, is the business aspect of it. Are you guaranteed? If so, why are you guaranteed? And two, do we have to have another number one contender in the mix to make this kind of love triangle of a championship to go down like we have these interim championships i don't know if you guys remember when when stipe francis naganu gone they all had this interim championship going on but it was just like didn't that just happen like why is there an interim championship so i guess it's to throw that narrative get the folks back at home excited for these fights but at the same time for if you're in the fight game yeah it's rough but you know you already have one obstacle and that's going to be the guy across from you there shouldn't be any other aspects to this. I, and I get it. It's a business. But, you know, let's cross some T's and dot some I's. Do I have my rematch? Yes or no. And Stipe isn't one to haggle with this contract either. He's a fighter. He's a tank. He is one of the purest people to actually perform um, in martial arts. Now, as a businessman, maybe they could have someone speak up for him a little bit more. Because, man, he's just been so dismissed and treated, especially with this trilogy right here. But at the same time people wanted to see this fight and i'm happy that they did run it back it just didn't happen the way it was like drew said olin what are your thoughts yeah my th- my thoughts on this are pretty similar to what what you both said um first things first i have to i have to address the real situation here i asked for orange juice as a chaser in the chat and um this is what i got so <laughs> 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 UFC plug here. UFC plug. Shout out uh, Howlerhead. Brought to you by Howlerhead Whiskey, the official whiskey of the UFC. Um, <laughs> so that being said, she's a keeper um, for sure. And then she did follow up with bringing OJ. Uh, so you, appreciate it. Love you, Mary. Uh, <laughs> so what are my thoughts on immediate rematches? I think that it is situational. Um, I think it's completely situational. And I think that it really all boils down to how did the fight go? Um, did we have a situation where it was very one-sided, um, i.e. Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena, the first one, or the second one for that matter? Do I think that Amanda Nunez deserved an instant rematch after that? Maybe. Part of me does, because she had such a dominant run. There was nobody that made her look weak or like there was a chink in her armor up until that moment. And then after that, people started to doubt her. So, it was kind of on her to come back and prove whether or not it was a, a mishap, a mistake, her not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did. She did exactly that. Now, had she come back and put on a very like lackluster performance or or even if it was an evenly matched performance against Juliana Pena, then Juliana Pena would have warranted an instant rematch. But because mm-hmm. it was one-sided in that rematch of the original fight, and you had a dominant champ that was dominant for years prior, I don't think that Juliana Pena earned her instant rematch. So again, that's the best example I can come up with where we're talking about literally the same fighters, the same fight, the same rematch, but one of them deserved an instant rematch based on the prior criteria versus the other one. I don't want to say Juliana Pena got lucky when it comes to her actually nailing a title shot or getting her way into the title shot, but Juliana Pena got lucky when it comes to her getting her name in the title shot. She strung together the right wins at the right time. She didn't beat the best people in the world to get there. She beat some of the top people in the division at the time. Um, kind of like Jorge Masvidal. Like Jorge Masvidal has fought for an imaginary belt. He's fought for a real belt. 
And yet, when you look at it, his last win over an actual current UFC employee or ranked UFC opponent was back in 2013 over Michael Chiesa. So, I mean, shut the fuck up, you know? Like, <laughs> 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 Damn. Like, I mean, like, sometimes, sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it's like, why the fuck is Colby Covington getting a goddamn title shot? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? I know. <laughs> Dana usually doesn't come out and call fights right away, but yeah, here he is. I have a theory That's on that, weird. and I'll break it down at the end of the episode. Okay. okay, okay. About that. Yeah, um, so will, Drew will. is going to jump back into yeah. his thoughts, but I think he needs another sip of alcohol to you, jar his memories. Yeah. I think he's ready to go. Yeah, he's ready for not. it. And yeah, I think I heard I think I think heard Jalen pouring his... I knew I heard you pouring it up. Oh, man. Sniper, bro. Catch I got the up. sniper ears. We're ready. Drew took a preemptive sip here, so he's 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 gonna have to take another one because we were waiting on Emiliano. Here we go. Cheers, guys. Cheers, boys. To getting Drew nice and toasty before his breakdown. Let's go. I already forgot what I was gonna say. Brought to you by Howlerhead, the official whiskey of the UFC. Getting a little loosey goosey. Hey, yes. Let's let's hop right back into the trilogy here. Uh, the first fight was rather quick. Um, Stipe did well, you know, fighting from range, sticking and moving. Um, and DC kept initiating the clinch which played a big part in that first fight um stipe was doing well i mean he broke the clinch stuck and move broke the clinch stuck and move but dc found out once he breaks that clinch stipe keeps those hands down mm-hmm. and that's when stipe got cut with that left hook late in the first round and the fight was over after that um in the second fight this is where stipe kind of he his game plan was a little better um these two were throwing in the second fight that was amazing uh just two heavyweights just going at it um the big adjustment obviously was stipe still sticking and moving but he added the body shots he added low kicks that left hand to the body kept digging into that body and that was the major major turn of events there in the i believe it was the fourth and fifth round where he uh got him in that body and eventually finished him with punches against the cage um and then fight man i forgot what i was gonna say yeah uh fight three <laughs> but and the trilogy that was probably one of my favorite fights of all time i mean this is the third fight it's one one this is for the heavyweight championship the baddest man on the planet and in my eyes it was two two going into the fifth round and in that fifth round they were just going at it and one thing i forgot to mention was the eye pokes in this trilogy mm. i i don't i don't think it played a big part as most people might think i mean there was eye pokes both ways in the first fight the second fight third fight um i think at one point dc said in the the third fight that he couldn't see i think it was after the fourth round he told his corner i can't see um but he obviously was not going to quit he was one round away from you know reclaiming that heavyweight title but Going back to the eye pokes, even in the first fight and the second fight, I don't think it played a big part because in the first fight, Stipe's eye was already getting black and blue from those jabs. And then he got finished, you know, shortly after that. But again, I don't think it was major in the decision. Uh, the second fight, I believe both were eye poked. But then again, I think Stipe was already winning that and it wouldn't have mattered. The third fight, a little bit different. I mean, that was a really, really deep eye poke that Stipe got on DC. Like I said, DC said he couldn't see. Major, you know, major flag, you can't see. Hey, And then he got finished in the fifth round. 
Um, and actually, that's another question I wanted to pose to you guys. I mean, the eye pokes, obviously, it played a, a little bit of a difference, but was it as a big difference as, like I said, it didn't really matter to me? I mean, obviously, the eye pokes are always detrimental and can always change the trajectory or just change the fight or end the fight for that matter. Uh, I think some of my takeaways from these fights, it's, you know, two legends, two all-time greats, two Hall of Famers. Um, Unfortunately, although DC is, again, an an all-time great and a two-time champ, you know, light heavyweight champ, heavyweight champ, double champ, not a lot of people can say that. Um, and two of the nicest guys in the UFC as well, like you mentioned. I mean, just two all-time gr- just nice guys that you'd want to grab a beer with or, you know, be friends with in real life. Um, I think, unfortunately, and maybe all in, you know, plug your ears here. I just think you know, Stipe is the better fighter. I think that first knockout... Out. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Emiliano. Um, uh, he's, I think he, I think he, I think he maybe lost Wi-Fi connection or something. I'm not really sure what happened there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Still laughing. Before, it was bound to happen. It was bound to happen. I, I feel honored. <laughs> I forgot how high our really man. are. We keep it, it real. It landed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's rocked. He's hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I keep it real, man. I'm sorry. You know, maybe, maybe in their primes, you know, both of them a little younger, maybe be different. I'll give you that. But at this stage in their careers, Stipe was just the bigger, better man those two nights. You know, two out of three, maybe three out of five, maybe seven out of ten, unfortunately. But all right, you can stop, dude. The fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I'm going off. <laughs> Someone else jump hey, in. Jesus. Hey, before I get booted again. Point. He made a good point between DC and Stipe. I mean, there was really no bad blood going up to the fight. It was just two world-class fighters just going at it for the heavyweight championship. I don't remember too much trash talking. I mean, I remember Stipe just being upset he didn't get the immediate rematch. But other than that, I mean, it was just good old just get in the octagon and let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's that's one of the things that really, really stuck, stood out to me. Um, and... Like I'll be completely honest, when it comes to to all time trilogies, as far as like back and forth, as much as I hate to admit it, this is one that is probably going to get swept under the rug a little bit, even though it shouldn't. Um, I think I'll go ahead and show my fucking face here, talking shit about one of the guys I love. Um, so this is one of those that I, I think is going to get swept under the rug. Um, a, a lot of people don't give DC the respect that he deserves, but when it when it all boils down to it. Aside from Steve Miocic, he is the most dominant heavyweight of all time, second best only to Steve Miocic. Um, he was undefeated in heavyweight before going down to light heavyweight. He comes back up and then he ends up beating the heavyweight champion. Not only does he beat him, but he calmly, coolly, and calculatedly beats him and beats him in a knockout fashion. It, it wasn't like he got a, a an early stoppage or a ground and pound early stoppage or something like that. It, there was nothing controversial about it. There was no bad blood going in. It was a very fair fight, and DC rocked him, and it was beautiful to see. And I thought the the next fight, if they, I thought if they fought ten times, DC would win seven or eight times. Being completely honest, and maybe there was a bit of bias in there. I think maybe there was a bit of bias in there, right? 
Um, and, and, you know, retweet for a third time on this. We got Emiliano here saying, we love you, DC. Jalen echoing it there with retweet. We love you, DC. Retweet it again. Retweet it for the masses. We fucking love you, DC. Um, Actually, hold on. Hold on. Hang tight. Hang tight. Hang tight. Hang tight. Oh, God. You here said we go. if this went 7 out of 10, you said DC would win 7 out of 10? I, I said originally, going into the first fight, before I saw the first fight. Don't okay. get him started. Don't get him wild up, Drew. <laughs> Brother, don't be a fucking dickhead, okay? I'm agreeing with you. Let me finish my thought, okay? Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. So, 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 anyways, anyways, um, I don't want to overuse the fucking cutting people out of this thing and doing the beep thing here. I'll have to come up with another version of that uh, for the next time Drew's on the fucking show because obviously it's going to be a recurring segment. <clears throat> so, that being said, I said going into the first fight, you dick. I thought if they fought 10 times, DC would win seven or eight out of 10. After the second fight, I thought if they fought 10 times, it would probably be five and five. And I think we saw two out of Stipe's five. I still believe if it goes 10 times, DC wins that fight five out of 10 times. Stipe wins it five out of 10 times. I think as far as being fighters, they are just about as evenly matched as you can possibly be. I think it really depends on how seriously DC is taking camp and how seriously camp is taking DC, if that makes sense. Um, Javier Mendez, I trained at AK, very busy guy, got a ton of shit going on. He trains Khabib, he trains Islam, he trains Umar, he's like, he trains 37 Dagestanis, and then he also runs a fucking gym full of other people he trains. So the guy's a very busy guy. That being said, DC is also a very busy guy, and he became extremely busier going into the second and third fights. I'm not using that as an excuse or a crutch by any means, Drew. I see you fucking making your faces and smirking over there, you cocky cock. I see you, bro. I see you putting you on fucking blast right now. Okay. Um, okay. So anyways, I okay. I 100% think that if this fight were run 10 times, it would be five and five. That being said, we saw two of the best performances that Stipe's ever put in. Agreed. And I'm not here to knock that. I think he is a better heavyweight fighter in the time that we watched him be a heavyweight fighter. Do I think he beats John Jones? Uh, probably not really. Um, nah. But John Jones has um, famously struggled in the past with people who have good wrestling defense and good boxing. Stipe has arguably some of the best boxing in heavyweight and some of the best grappling defense as we've seen against an Olympic level grappler in DC. So, I'm excited for fight week. I'm excited to be there drunk drunk as hell with uh, some of my best friends uh, and and the love of my life. So it's going to be a great week on fight week. And, you know, I'm glad that DC is probably, you know, going to be the closest he's going to be to the cage is sitting on the outside, just like your boy with a mic at hand. Uh, so we're good to go there. And, and I'll be excited either way. Um, yeah, I, I did ask a question, Drew. I don't know. I, I didn't hear you answer it. If you did answer yeah. it and I ignored you, I completely apologize uh whiskey slash tequila brain but like i said do you think stipe keeping his hands down because you mentioned this and it was actually a really really solid call out on your behalf drew uh want to give you tip my hat to you on that do you think stipe keeping his hands down after the clinch break was an actual habit that dc worked on with tape or do you think he noticed it slash downloaded it in fight due to the takedown threat that he presented like because you mentioned that when when exiting the clinch, Stipe puts his hands down. Had you right. noticed that? Because right. you're a Stipe fan. I'm a Stipe fan too, but I, I also don't want to lie and be like, I watched a bunch of tape other than this this trilogy on Stipe before this. Uh, I didn't. So <laughs> I I can't remember if he kept doing that against 
Dos Santos or over him, but I know his hands up were against Ngannou. I'll tell you his hands up for sure. But I think in regards to the fight, I think it was DC just downloading that information as it was happening. Because, I mean, they clinched okay. about four, three, four times before that he broke the clinch and then hit him with the Yeah, there was, there was a solid so, amount of clinching and he didn't start... So when I rewatched the fight, the reason I asked is because I noticed he didn't start actually dropping his guard in that fight until maybe three clinches in. Correct, yeah. And it, it by then, DC had already shot a couple times too. So there's a clinch threat on the break of the clinch and before the clinch even there's a takedown threat so you got to think like that's creating saw the saw the comment. you just saw the comment <laughs> uh for for those of you that that haven't seen the picture he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> one of my proudest moments uh dc was actually scanning the the little tickets to get into aka when i was leaving probably my second week of muay thai and uh I, I was like, don't be that guy. Don't fangirl out. Don't be that guy. I walked out. I made it three steps into the parking lot. And I was like, fuck <laughs> this. I turned around. And I walked back in. He's all, you got your key card, bud? And I was all, I actually just finished up. Um, would it be cool if I got a picture with you? And his response literally word for word was, man, I think it'd be super cool if you took a picture with me. Nice. And I was like, yes. So like, I'm like cool. thinking he's going to lean over the counter. He comes out from the counter oh, and he fucking yeah. like. Bro, originally, like, I put my arm around him and then instantly was intimidated. And that's why you got this, like, very, very beta fucking, like, hey, look at me. Beta. I'm DC. <laughs> um, when my arm touched his back, it felt like a fucking tree trunk, like an oak, bro. Like, he was training for the first John Jones fight in this one. Ooh, um, fired up. Skinny boy. He's very fucking lean, bro. That guy, dude, that's a guy that used to fight at 265 pounds. And do you see how close he is to my height? I'm mm-hmm. up like a buck sixty-five in that picture. <laughs> Come on, he's fighting guys hundred pounds bigger than me, and he's my height almost. So like, again, extremely dense, extremely solid. If he's at UFC uh, fight week at, at the UFC X VIP experience, brother, I am going to recreate this picture, and I'm going to do the cheesiest thumbs up. And I'm starting to work out as of yesterday, and hoping to be at least in this good of shape. So. Let's get it, baby. Let's get we it out baby. here. We out here. Um, yeah, it was it was honestly one of the coolest things ever. And he was super down to earth. He's like, "How long you been training here, man?" I was like, "I just started training here like two weeks ago." Um, and I think you're great. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I was like, you. "I just started training here two weeks ago." Um, he's like, "Oh, nice. You from here?" And I'm like, "I'm actually from Louisiana, and I just moved to San Jose." And you know, you're the reason I started training here. He's all. Man, tell Joanna at the front desk. She gives me no no respect. No respect. Which is hilarious. Like, <laughs> Joanna's like the homie that just like works the front desk. Like, fucking sick. So, anyway. So cool. um, DC, very down-to-earth guy. Sorry, got a little bit off topic there. Legend. You know, we, we're drinking that GSP juice, guys. Um, hey, it's your friend Daniel. Don't worry. It's your friend Daniel. It's your no, friend. My friend, my yeah, friend Daniel friend, is fucking bro. Daniel Gonzalez, who also has his own podcast, uh, Talking Out My Ass podcast. Make sure you check it out on YouTube. He's got way more subscribers than me, but he's still the fucking homie. Uh, still the, my old. favorite guy I've ever sparred. If I'm being completely honest, there's something quite demeaning about sparring a guy that's like 30, 40 pounds less than you that just lights your shit up. Um, that's why if anybody's ever sparred, you'll know. You go for the bigger guy because at least when you get lit up, they're like, well, I mean, that guy's like 30 pounds heavier than him. He's supposed to win. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, let's, let's see. Oh, we got Ki in the chat. 
Let's go. What's up, dog? One of our own from the MMA group chat. This guy works for One Championship. Make sure you check out One Championship. They got their first American card, U.S. card coming up. The big one here. We got Sage Northcutt on there. We Sheesh. got Demetrius Johnson on there. Sheesh. We got one of their cutest fighters of all time on there. Stamp Fairtex. You already Sheesh. know you got to tune into that because she always Come puts on. on a show. And let's see what Kiai said. I've worked with a ton of fighters, but the only person I've ever taken a picture with is Herb Dean. Herb Ooh, Dean. My, Herb. my guy Herb. I love that. I love That's that. Solid. Uh, Kiai, That's solid. can you please send us a picture of you and Herb Dean so that way we can post it uh, next week on the episode for the fans to see? What are you talking about? Stamp ain't cute. Is it Photoshop, dog? Hold on. Let's do a shot to to a lot of people's crush dying right now. <laughs> Kiai. Kiai, the woman crush Wednesday, uh, Wednesday ender. My goodness. And yes, we have switched back to tequila. Um, Oof. Oh, we mixing. Oof. It's it's not it's not that I'm mad at Howlerhead. Oof. It's actually solid, especially for a flavored whiskey. One of the better ones. But I, I realized... That mixing orange juice with banana flavored whiskey is just not the move. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you have breakfast in your hands. <laughs> breakfast of champs. Brother. <laughs> breakfast of champs. Breakfast Jim. of stamps. Stamp fair <laughs> Cheers. That's good. Oh, man. Yes, Jalen uh, likes orange juice. Mm-hmm. Let's go, baby. All right. So that was that was it. That was the shot. Um Stamp ain't cute. You ain't tropical, brother. I ain't tropical. I'm motherfucking redneck. Do you see how white I am? I'm two shades <laughs> whiter than mayonnaise, dog. What do you see? What are you looking at right now, brother? It, it's not. A, it's not like an optical illusion. It's. It's not the shirt. It's not. not it's not the lights. Like, <laughs> I was getting there, Nano. It's not the lighting. Um, no, the lighting. It is crisp. It is on. And it is on point. I, I gotta yeah. say, before I even jump into the the main trilogy here, not the main trilogy, my trilogy. Um, it's definitely not the main one. They are all equal. So God did ones. not make all trilogies equal, but he made these four equal because, you know, we call it like we see it. Right, We're sure. basically like a referee. You know, we call it like we see it. and We don't miss much. Give us a fucking shirt with stripes on it and call it done. Come on. So, all I'm missing is the whistle, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's go, baby. Uh, quick for the group before we jump into it. Shafkat or Kamzat. We talked about this a little bit, but. But we got we got Kiai up in this bitch, so we got to talk about it again. Great to have you. That's I a think Shavkat, matchup. I think Shavkat Rahmanov is the fucking truth. I also think that he has battled tougher opposition. Um, big fan of the whole cowboy methodology, where like you know, anytime, anywhere, anyone, I'll fight mm-hmm. you in three days. I'll fight you in three weeks. I'll fight you in three years. I don't care. Um, dude has a chin on him too, doesn't he? He's got a hell of a chin. Uh, and and I, you know, before the. Before the Jeff Neal fight, I saw a lot of chatter online of people saying, you know, Shavkat Rachmanov doesn't move his head. He's got zero head movement. Keeps his head right on the center of the line. He's just a grappler with uh, basic glorified striking. Emiliano, you you did a callback to this, I think, a, a week or two ago. Uh, you mentioned that this is a, a term I like to use a lot. Maybe I'm a fucking grandpa and overused terms over here. But uh, People were maybe saying that he had a rudimentary uh, meat and potatoes style striking. <laughs> there it is. Uh, something I really like. You know, I grew up in Louisiana, bro. Like meat big fan of meat and potatoes. Baby. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you can't you can't be mad at some basics. That's all you need. Comfort baby. food. So yeah, it's it, comfort. Baby. It's comfort. It's comforting when you know the basics. Meat and potatoes <laughs> are the fucking basics. Well, the comfort food. Yeah, so, mess it up. I think those people 
should eat a bag of dicks. Um, we just lost our PG rating, guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I think that realistically, those people are wrong. I think Kamzat is really, really good at being really strong. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, he has really the strong. best technique in the world. And I think we learned that in the Gilbert Melinda, or I keep fucking saying Gilbert Melinda's. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the Gilbert Burns fight. What's happening? Um, we learned that in the Gilbert Burns fight. Um, for, you know, pun intended, for lack of better words, we kind of saw the legend of Kamzat get burned. Uh, and, you know, it's not due to a lack of effort. It's not due to a lack of power. It's due to a lack of skill and due to a lack of consistency. If that fight were five rounds, we wouldn't be talking about Hamzat and Shafkat in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. I'm, I'm not here to be the bad guy. I'm here to be the guy that does his homework. Shafkat has better wins and he's finished every single win. Hamzat has nothing near the resume of, of Hamzat Shamayev. What do you guys think? 100% agree with you. I was going to hop in here real quick. Uh, in regards to fundamentals and looking fundamentally sound, yeah, Kamzat cannot really that. On paper, it's going to be an exciting fight because they're both undefeated, but I do give the edge to Shavkat just because of that mentality of, yeah, let me get the next one. Even he said, if this fight doesn't happen, no big deal. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you have undefeated fighters. Of course, this is a fight that everyone wants to see, but for him to just be like, nah, whatever, let, let's go for the gold. Let's just, whatever I got to do, let me go at it. So give the edge to him. More fundamental fighter. At the same time, you're going to get fireworks. Drew, Nano, what do you guys think? I I have comms that. Um, Let's go. I follow, I follow I was just saying going to back me up. Let's go. Hey. Oh, yep. And I think he knows that. I think he's not quite there to championship material quite yet. I mean, of course, he's saying it out in his, you know, interviews and all that. I want the title shot, all that. You have to say that. But he is living in Tiger Muay Thai right now, and he is putting in work. I think he knows the noise that's going around, and he's going to be ready next time he steps into that octagon. Um, and yeah, Nana, help me out with this, man. I, can get I agree. Work. I agree. Kamzat's a dog, man. He's different. I gotta, you know, give Shavkat his flowers as well. I mean, he's his last performance against Joff Neal, hands of steel, was extremely impressive. He shows he has a chin. He's talented everywhere but my guy you can't it's Kamzat man it's it's the big dog he's he's just built different he's a little too strong I'll take a drink to that too man honestly I mean there's <sighs> get me off the screen any moment now that's all good <laughs> <laughs> save me no I I think it's yeah I think uh when it's all said and done I, I think Shavka <laughs> yeah, do bouncing do around <laughs> All right, Jalen, now you. <laughs> now you with the thumbs up. Oh, that's the whiskey talking. Uh, <laughs> shocked. Oh, man. oh shit. Give me comes out, man. He's just stronger. I think more physical. A little bit more of a dog in him. And like Drew Bro, said, I'll he's put been a fucking, training. I'll put a double shot uh, on you. you. You're putting comes hey. out over Shafkat? You know this oh, brother. Comes out, baby. Brother. Brother, you, brother. Know, this you brother. Mean the wolf. know this brother. I'll fight you anyone. Bring him on. I kill them all. <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty solid. That wasn't bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Brother. Smash. Brother, we smash, smash brother. Smash everyone. 
You showed so, me. Okay. You showed me Saturday. I so, so you got you got. I, I'm so surprised by that. I'll be completely honest. I just have a feeling. It's just a feeling yeah. I have, man. He's just stronger, just as big. You know, like I mentioned, Shavkat does have good movement. He kind of keeps his kind of long neck exposed, but he moves it off the center line. He's not mm-hmm. totally, you know, lazy with it. But like we saw in that Burns fight, and then like I, I think the next evolution of Kamzat that we'll see. And again, we're talking at this is 170, right? I guess I need to confirm is I don't know if Kamzat's going to stay at 170 or if he's going to stay at 185. If it's at 170, I'm I'm literally putting a triple shot against you for Shafkat. Fuck that weight, bully. I think not only does he miss weight, but he misses the bag. (laughs) He's dropped, bro. That's the thing. I mean, it is tough being at 170, right? You know, that way it's going to be tough for Kamzat. Can we have Kiai be the guy to to, to really answer the question here? Kiai, I know you said Kamzat beat Shafkat in my opinion, or in your opinion. Um, Is that at 170 or 185? I mean, Shavkat's at 170, so it'd have to be there, right? Unless they catch weight it. But I don't think Shavkat's signed enough for that. It would have to be for a contender fight. It'd oh, have on, to be Ki-ai. a number one contender fight. But Kiai, come on. You're smarter than this, and you're better than this, Kiai. Styles Ooh. make fights, okay? Oh. Styles make fights, and you goddamn well know that, okay? So I like it, Kiai. Keep it coming. Kamzat, what a ragdoll, <laughs> Neil. Okay, cool, bro. Like, I yeah. would ragdoll a homeless person, but that doesn't mean that you wouldn't fucking armbar me. You're better at jujitsu, bud. Like, <laughs> See me for twenty five like, minutes. You know what I'm like it's it's <laughs> it's apples to oranges. It's very different. Yeah. Like if that that's okay, bro. Like that's fine. Jorge Masvidal has a win over Ben Askren. If you ran that fight ten times, Ben Askren probably fucking wins more often than not. And if you run it without him having a bum hip, he wins it ten out of ten times probably. So you know, fuck. It. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying but that might be the difference maker it's that wrestling man I think that's the difference with Kamzat he might take Shavkat into some deep deep waters might get a little, little yeah, Shavkat is also not Jeff Neal no offense to but, Jeff Hands of Steel but, Neal love that guy uh, you yeah. know Kindred Spirits he worked in the service industry you know shout out shout out my homie Asso Akiro yours at the OG baby the Olive Garden you, you know what I'm saying oh. putting in work he, what you know about some real it, OG it, it, I ain't talking about on. original gangster you know what I'm talking about, Drew? <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> it sounds like we have a 2v3 here. So Olin and I are taking Shavkat against Kiai, Drew, and Nano. So let's clip this. Let's get back into the chat. Let's lock in this bet. And we'll see you. And we'll make that the next episode. There we go. Let's go. When that fight finally happens, we are all five putting shots on it. Yes. And that will be the first episode That's probably that we get Kiai up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. And he will do his shot live on the show. Let's see what he said here. MMA we'll math is a bit flawed, but also Gilbert Burns is greater than Neil by a pretty long shot. That is fair. You are, that is That's fair. fair. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm here to tell you, MMA math, if you run Gilbert Burns versus Jeff Neil 10 times, I think it's like 5-5, five, 6-4. Five, I think it's Ooh. a pretty close fight. So close. is he that much better? Sure. <laughs> I, I, I mean, come on. Let's call a fucking spade a spade here. And with that being said, we have one more trilogy to go over, boys. Yes, and, uh, baby. I, 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 already, I already asked and got the okay in the I'm private gone. chat. I'm gone. Oh, get the fuck back here. Self boot? Uh, Emiliano, I don't know if you noticed in the private chat, but we all have shots poured for the Shoot. final. 
the final countdown. Well, that was amazing. We didn't even practice that. That was sick. We're in sync. Cheers, guys. Cheers, y'all. To a great Hello. episode with great people. Let's go. Oh, shit. Hi, big old. Great fights, some great trilogies, some legends. Take us away. That is the worst man. chaser in the world. Take us home to a place <laughs> we belong. Right. Get it. Contra Rose. It's <laughs> a good one, man. And so that's actually a really good song. It's a solid song. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all ages. Gonna cut the music here because we have a quick clip to show here. We're gonna set the tone. I uh, I had to do that last shot because you know we're gonna we're gonna go into to, to game mode here. You know what I'm saying? Let's fucking do this, boys. Um. So, with that being said, my favorite trilogy of all time is one that I called for for over seven years. It is Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Here we go. Round one. Fight. Round two, fight. Look at that. I don't know if you read Dustin Poirier's lips there, mm. but he literally mouthed, I broke his leg. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. Oh, man. I actually didn't realize that the first probably like 10 fucking times I watched that fight. But let me tell you, I've now watched it 13 times after this week because I watched it <laughs> another three times to make that nice. video, ladies and gentlemen. So I will go ahead and take the lead on this one here. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and set the motherfucking tone here. Let's really set the tone here. So. Where's, where's, where's some good music here? Where's, you know what? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's go a little bit different here. Yeah, you're right, KI. There was no check. So, so uh, now, let's go ahead and set the mood here. Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Fight number one. Fight number one would end in just one minute and 46 seconds into the very first round. Just 10 strikes in on one side, nine strikes in on the other. Significant. Poirier overcome with emotion leading up to the mental warfare, leading up to the entire bout. He was overcome with emotion. Uh, the, the mental warfare of Conor McGregor was something that really separated him from the rest of the pack when it comes to his intro and debut and in his original run at the featherweight division of the UFC. I think there were two major deciding factors coming into this fight. One, the mental warfare of one Conor McGregor. He got in the head of Dustin Poirier, and as we know, these fights are about 90% cerebral, right? It's 90% head games, 10% how much you prepared and how ready the fuck you are to go in there and do your job. And also, Conor McGregor was a 145-pound fighter. He was a 145-pound phenom. He was also a little bit of a weight bully, as we see now that he's fighting at 170 pounds and looks thick. 
with about 15 motherfucking C's in that word, boys and girls. Uh, he's thick as hell, as the kids say. And that leads us into the next fight. The next fight would take place literally over seven years later, about seven and a half years later, in a completely different weight class at literally 155 pounds. The weight class that Khabib ran for many years. Now, this fight took place seven years later and 79 UFC pay-per-views later. Okay? This time around, things were very, very different. Connor put on a major nice guy act. And as I said, a nice guy act. And even said he'd donate to Dustin Poirier's charity, the Good Fight Foundation, win or lose in this fight after the fight. The fight would ironically end with the total strike numbers being exactly as the first fight. One strike difference. Same as fight one, like I said. However, when it comes to the total strikes of this fight, they would favor Dustin Poirier almost two to one. Now, again, in this fight, it was 48 to 29 total strikes in favor of Dustin, ending in a brutal flurry that would ultimately result in Conor McGregor being put onto the canvas and saved by the ref just two minutes and 32 seconds into the second round. After the fight was over, no money was donated by Conor McGregor to Poirier's charity, the Good Fight Foundation, and the Nice Guy Act quickly faded and was known to be nothing more than a facade. And instead, instead of, I'll donate to your charity, win or lose, I respect you as a fighter, it turned very quickly into, your wife is in me DMs! Um, He got very angry. He got very upset. He got very salty, for lack of better words. And he went in. He said Dustin Poirier's wife was DMing him on uh, Instagram, which is bullshit. Let's be completely honest. And the third fight would end between the first and second round via doctor stoppage, if you ask some people. Drew, looking at you. Or TKO, if you ask other people. Looking in a mirror right now, ladies and gentlemen. That's me. Um, The reason I say it ended in TKO is because if you look up on Google, that's what the fuck it says. If you look up on Sherdog, that's what the fuck it says. Um, also, either way, McGregor's ankle was elbow checked into oblivion and he was rendered handicapped in that first round. After he was elbow checked, mind you, he was elbow checked. And before then, I can't remember ever seeing Dustin Poirier throw an elbow check in my life. And I know that even if nobody else in the MMA group chat has heard me say elbow check, I know at least you three have heard me mention it in person. While training at AKA. Because it's something we drilled very fucking often. Depending on who your coach was. And there's clips of Poirier getting hit by it. From Khabib Nurmagomedov. What happened? In his next fight, he literally starts doing things like that. So, the best way to describe this, this trilogy is learning, adapting, overcoming. This man, I don't know if any of you folks watching right now have ever watched a little uh, you know, lightly known anime named Naruto. Shout out for the, you know, if you have watched it, I'm the Black Ops. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So Naruto has this bloodline trait called the Sharingan Eye. I'd like to think that a guy Dustin Poirier has got a little bit of a Sharingan Eye in him. He learns every single fight he goes out. Um, it is something as much as I... and. Drew, I'm, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I can see you. I can see you in the bottom of my little studio view, even though the people can't see you. Um, And I'm going to say this, and, and I'm not going to show the people your fucking shit-eating grin that I know is going to happen. Conor McGregor is an incredible fighter. 
And not only that, but he used to be an even better fighter. He used to be world class. And one of the best things about him is that he would grow tenfold in between every single fight, win, lose, or draw. And he lost that when he transitioned from featherweight to lightweight. He kept it to an extent in that Eddie Alvarez fight, but I don't think he needed it in the Alvarez fight, thus showing that he didn't really have to utilize it. The Sharingani had dissipated from his intellect, from his vocabulary, from his skill set. So I think had, I don't know if it's a coach switch. I don't know if it's a, I really don't know what it is. Like maybe he should go back to touch and butt in the park with that homie with the, the fucking ponytail. But when he was at featherweight, he would download data. He would change. He would update and upgrade every single fight. And it would add something to his arsenal. He stopped doing that somewhere along the way. And I, as as the biggest Dustin Poirier fan you will probably ever fucking meet in your entire life, fight fans, I can honestly say I don't know that Dustin Poirier would have won the second and third fight with him if he had kept that attribute. But he let it fade away. Actually, yeah, let me uh, actually hop in real quick. Because... Yes, Connor was world class at featherweight, and then he won the title at lightweight. And then I thought his downfall was going to boxing. Um, that's when the money got to his head. That's when everything got to his head. And I, we've talked about this numerous times. I think that's the biggest mistake of um, Connor's career. If he stayed in the UFC and perfected his game, whole different story. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that boxing thing, even though he made a lot of money, it was an entertaining fight. I think that was one of the biggest mistakes he could have done. Yeah. First off, we're talking about two more legends here, right? I mean, everybody we've been talking about are legends in the sport. Everybody's had, you know, some sort of personal sentiment to us. Maybe they're from us locally. Sorry, real quick, real quick. Naruto never had, Naruto never had Sharingan. That was just the anime I was mentioning. I was like saying like Naruto, like in Naruto. Um, We've been drinking. We've been drinking. It's okay. Sasuke has it. Sasuke <laughs> is the one with Sharingan. But again, if I'm comparing, you know what? This is actually fucking fantastic. Because Drew, I know you are like, you have somehow started. Actually, let's be completely honest. Let's call a spade a spade here. You started Naruto 10 years later than I did, I think. And you are now ahead of me in Shippuden. What the fuck, right? Um, episode one fuck me as they say. <laughs> Did you just say another shot? I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Uh, so, um, I mean, I that being I mean, said, I, <laughs> I mean, bro, don't threaten me with a good time. You know what I'm saying? Y'all so, taking shots. Y'all taking shots. That I'm being sure. said, he said Naruto never had Sharingan. I thought that was Sasuke. Look, <laughs> if we're talking about the Sharingan I'm describing, I would say, for all you anime fans out there, <laughs> Conor McGregor's Sharingan was basically like that of Sasuke's in the series of Naruto. Okay? Dustin Poirier also has a Sharingan eye of his own, but he's only got one of them. But he's real good. But, he, but he's real good at working hard, Drew. So he's that Kakashi status. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. He wasn't born with the bloodline. He lost a friend and he stole that guy's eye. I'm looking at you, Obito. Obito Uchiha. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He got that eye. He put that in surgically from that surgical ninja. Um, for all my ninjas out there. What up, my ninjas? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Pablo Costa 100% does have sexy juice too. 100%. And now, to my knowledge, 
I mean, I, I don't, I'm, 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 again, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys when I say this. I don't know if you guys have actually even heard this this information yet, but he got a little bit of a raise because of that sexy jutsu. Paolo Costa is apparently getting paid a million dollars per fight. Because he's so goddamn sexy. In the UFC? He posted it. Okay. To look good, am I, right? <laughs> I knew I knew that you wouldn't have seen that, Drew. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. So he posted on Twitter that he is now gonna get paid a million dollars every single UFC fight. And then American the very dollar. next day, How many after, of wine after did that, he have? brother, brother. When I tell you wine Costa, it's wine motherfucking Costa. Oh lord. Why not? You know what I'm saying? Why not? Um <laughs> It's it thing. It's thine. It's his thine. Um this guy the next day today posted that he's still in talks with the UFC. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. So at least he either, posted it, not the UFC. So, so look, <laughs> there's there's awesome. one of two things that could have happened here, boys. Either one, he actually sorry, here we go. Boom. It's opposites. One, he got a deal for one million dollars per fight. Or two, he didn't get a deal for $1 million for a fight. Either way, now he's not going to get a deal for $1 million <laughs> for a fight. 100% chance he looks like a jackass. <laughs> Bro, what did you do? Why did you do that? I thought I was shooting yourself in the foot, am I right? <laughs> Since there's Ooh. debate on how the third fight ended, do we think there will ever be a fourth yeah. fight? Yeah, absolutely. If Connor beats uh, good old Chandler after this uh, tough series, it's gonna happen. Let's give Dustin the payday. Let's mm-hmm. let's get a little finality there. What's interesting here is, you know, I think one thing to know with Connor is he took the UFC to a whole new stratosphere. I mean, oh, yeah. legend. Like he, I mean, in terms of like impact on the UFC. I mean, it's it's nobody compares to Connor. It's it's Connor and everyone else. He's has that Mayweather effect in the sport, and it's funny that him and Mayweather cross paths. Oh, and to answer your question, I think that's where Which Connor question? lost his way. <laughs> like we needed to show him the way. I think Connor lost his way after the Mayweather fight. You know, after fighting Nate, I mean, he still kind of had that dog in him, but I think after the boxing and then. Since we're using the terminologies of the way, can we just all agree that Conor McGregor needs to go back to putting on the mask? This is the way. This is the way. You know what I'm saying? Like he needs. This is the way. He needs to put on that mask. He needs to keep that facade. He needs to keep the edge. And like you said, go back to that hungry. The the. I mean, maybe the coaching will bring it out of him. He he know he always has that edge. We know that. We know that much. I'm hope I'm hoping the tough series that maybe that'll be an indicator of how the fight will go, how animated he gets in there. But he's coaching, he's sparring, he's in there. He had Wonder Boy. I mean, maybe some of that nice guy will rub off on him. Maybe he'll just come out and and just showcase his skills. Right? Chandler's a perfect dance partner. I mean, we've seen Chandler unfortunately bring out the best in anyone he's been in there with, Dustin included, Gaethje, everybody. You know, un- well not. Not Tony Ferguson, 
unfortunately, but <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, tough, tough. Ooh, uh, that hurts. That's tough. But no, Connor's tough. a G and, and Dustin all time. Great. What's interesting is Dustin started and ended the McGregor era. Mm-hmm. Cause right after Dustin, that's when Connor started his, his ascension. He f- beat someone else r- right after Dustin, but then right after that, it was Jose Other than Aldo. Jose Aldo, the only yeah. notable featherweight he beat after Dustin Poirier was... <laughs> can't even say it all that, dude. <laughs> oh, no. Be nice. No, <laughs> dude, <laughs> come on. like, Dude, Drew's <laughs> laughing right now because he knows exactly what I'm talking about because he was literally at my place in fucking San Jose watching that fight. <laughs> He fought. He was number five. He fought number ten, and then he got a title fight. And because that title fight got canceled, he fought Chad Mendez. But before that, he earned a title fight off of a win over Dennis Seaver, who was ranked number ten. Yeah, big fan of Dennis Seaver. I thought he had one of the best spinning back kicks in the division at that time. But that's and it. And then all of a sudden, that's all he had. It was the name and the mouth. Yeah, was. You know it's true, dude. You're laughing because it's a fucking fact, dog. Like, that's all he had. Bro, if you go on YouTube and you type in Dennis Seaver highlights, if it's a five-minute video, it's four minutes and 52 seconds of fucking spinning bad kicks. Mm-hmm. I'd bet my left testicle on that. <laughs> oh, man. And that's, that's my important. favorite one. That's a, that's a big one. <laughs> it is a big one. It's the biggest one. <laughs> the There's biggest. only two, but it's, you know. <laughs> top two. Top two. Top two. two. Oh, it's man. top two. <laughs> AKI, just to address your question, Connor's not going to lose to. No, I think he'll win. Especially at 170. No way he's, cut. He's not going to lose to Chandler. No way. I'm going to call some it of the peptides and getting out of no USADA, getting back in. He'll be fine. This is oh. something that I 100% candidly stole from Kiai. He, he mentioned this to me way back when in the fucking Yelp days, the first time we ever met in person. Shout out. We, we had oh. talked. On the little Yelp, uh, you know, work chat back in the day, back in the gap, back in the Vietnam, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> back in Nam. We, we met up for, you know, happy hour, happy hour upstairs. And um, he, he mentioned this line to me and it'll stick with me forever and I'll probably always use it. Um, Kiai, you really should have copyrighted it. Fuck you, you didn't. Dankest uh-huh. um, timeline. The dankest timeline prediction, Okay. I think the dank, the dankest timeline prediction, um, you know, since Khabib is retired, living in Dankistan, I think the dankest timeline prediction is Conor McGregor actually goes out there and beats Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler on paper, 10, 10 fights against Conor McGregor. He wins nine of them. We're going to see one. The one out of 10. Where Michael Chandler's fucking stupid. And decides, I'm going to be an exciting uh, UFC fighter. You know, you pull yourself up from the bootstraps. He does that every time, man. He throws caution to the wind. This uh, freaking guy. He's going to be exciting at the risk of losing a fight. He's not going to... He's going to forget the word and the meaning of double leg takedown. Or even single leg takedown. Yeah. And defense. Uh, He's going to do this. Hands down here. Where, you know, like, if you're fighting... I don't I I don't want to throw anybody under the bus for having bad boxing skills. But if you're fighting Conor McGregor, this isn't where your hands need to be. <laughs> they need to be fucking here. Like if, and if you're in boxing gloves, they need to be fucking here. So he's he's going to throw caution to the wind. He's going to get lit up. And I personally think Conor loses and then or sorry, Conor wins. 
because Chandler is not going to shoot a takedown. He's not going to try to do the things that actually would win him the fight. Instead, he's going to play Connor's game and get knocked the fuck out, probably. Realistically, probably in the second round, maybe third. Um, the more the fight goes after the third round, the more it favors Michael Chandler because it will be the main eventer. Um, let's let's just call a spade a spade. Connor doesn't fight co-mains. But if that fight ends in three rounds, Dankus timeline, Connor wins via incredible fashion and then gets an instant title shot. Now, who does he get an instant title shot over? He's Connor McGregor. Ladies and gentlemen, Doesn't he gets matter. to choose. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't he matter. can say, I want to go to 155 and avenge my loss over Habib to Islam. That's fucking stupid. He's not gonna do that. <laughs> I don't like I think Connor is a character. And I think there are times where due to a lapse in his judgment, I'm like, Connor's fucking stupid. But I don't actually think Connor's that stupid. I think Connor's gonna be like, give me Leon Edwards. I think he's a valuable opponent. I think I can take him down at 170 pounds. Um, I think he'll he'll go up there against Leon. Or the Edwards. winner of him versus Kobe, I guess. Right? If Leon but, wins, if Kobe wins, because it sounds I, like I that's think, next up. So I don't think Leon. Hot take. I don't think Leon fights Kobe. Mm. I think Leon refuses to fight Kobe, and get stripped. I don't think he gets stripped. I think Jorge, they waited out. So okay. Since we're past my fight, we're going to go into my conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we got JJ Smoke in here. Hold on. Let's see what he had to say. So, yo, Chandler versus McGregor isn't going past one. I'm picking McGregor yeah, first round KO. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if Connor could end it in one minute. Bro, JJ, as usual, bringing the motherfucking smoke, my guy. Um, Doing, doing justice to the name JJ Smoke. And I agree with you, as usual. I mean, there, there's. I think you've posted probably like 15 takes, and I've agreed with 13 of them. So keep them coming, brother. Love to fucking see them. I agree. I think one to two rounds, Conor McGregor probably blasts him, gets the KO win, and then calls out Leon Edwards. Or, right? So again, Leon Edwards is supposed to fight Colby Covington. I don't think that fight happens because I think Jorge, against my better judgment, against what my heart's telling me, I think Gilbert Burns is going to play a stupid fight. And I think he's going to play Jorge's game and possibly win every second of the fight but the last second where he gets knocked out. Um, And then Jorge wins. And Leon says, I want the guy that literally committed assault on me backstage before I got the belt. That's who I want. That's who makes sense for me. There's storyline there. Dana is not going to say no. And my big over-in-line conspiracy theory here, JJ Smoke. Listen the fuck up, brother. You're going to love this shit. My conspiracy theory. And we all know this, okay? Jorge Masvidal assaulted Kobe Covington outside of a restaurant in South Florida. We know this. Yes, guys? Right, right? Nod. Give me a yeah. nod. Cool, cool, cool. So after that, Kobe Covington has been trying to drag out a court case where he claims he has brain damage from one Jorge Masvidal. That means two things. Jorge Masvidal cannot fight in a sanctioned fight. Kobe Covington cannot fight in a sanctioned fight. You have two guys that are worth literally over 100K each per year, easily, and now you have them shelved. How do you fix it if I'm Dana White? Well, I tell Kobe, hey, buddy, I'll make a fucking deal with you, okay? If I give you a guaranteed title shot in your next fight, even though you haven't fought in a year and a half and you've been radio silent for a year, you drop the brain damage charges and all the other charges against Jorge Masvidal. So that way he's freed up to actually go through with his fight that I've had him already signed a contract with against Gilbert Burns. 
So he's dropped the charges. So now even if he opens these charges again, a court's going to literally laugh at this white boy. So he's dropped the charges. Both men can fight. And then when Leon arguably says, I'm not going to fucking do it. I'm the champion. OH, I'm the champ. He hits up with the Stipe. Like, he says he didn't want to fucking do it. They're not going to make him fucking do it. So he's the guy. And now Jorge wins a fight. And you say, okay, cool. Thanks for dropping the charges. The guy you hate is actually going to get the title shot. Go fuck yourself. That's that's my big, big conspiracy theory. Wow. Wow. That is interesting. I'll tell Why you else what, would they and, give and Kobe those, the guaranteed four, shot? Dana doesn't yeah. do that. Yeah, that makes sense. And those four guys are really, like, now that Usman's out, it opens up so much more in that division. And obviously, you still have to factor him in somewhat. But the reality is, like you said, Conor McGregor gets his own treatment. He gets the Dana White privilege, as we like to call it. I mean, if he goes out and wins, if Jorge goes out and wins, I can see them fighting each other even. Or, you know, if Usman has, if, um, excuse me, not Usman, if Leon ends up fighting Colby, the winner of that matchup will fight maybe the winner of Jorge versus Connor. Or, like you're saying, you know, with the conspiracy hat on, maybe, maybe Leon sits out, maybe he just waits to pick his fight gets a good dance partner in Jorge, who he wants, the storyline, everything makes sense. He'll obviously beat Jorge. But then you got maybe a Colby Connor fight. That'd be whew, you don't want to talk about pay-per-view uh buys. That's an old timer at that division. You don't even want to hear about them pay-per-view buys, bro. Come on, maybe. Now I mean and and speaking of pay-per-views, back to Dustin and Connor, I mean they are the all-time great. Out of all the trilogies, out of all the fights in general, they're the best when it comes to that, the pay-per-view. And that's what Connor does nowadays. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that you mix in any of those four in a hat and you tell me any of them are fighting, I'd sign me up. Just give it to me straight in the veins, man. I want it. I'm definitely the same way. Um, these names are so notable as of this time. Just because, you know, Connor did take this organization into a different stratosphere. Leon Edwards has momentum going in just because of his recent win. Um, and then you have Tough back on the rise. And if you look at the rankings, just based on, you know, spectator um, ratings and views, it's coming back. Like, this is the season to come back. And why is that? You have the Connor McGregor element. And this is what actually launched Dana White into his promotional view and his kind of privilege to exercise just because McGregor is back in stirring the pot. Um, going back to Olin's argument in regards to the narrative how Connor is to play out and what is to take on. If Connor is to win, I, I do give him the edge. I do give him that favor. It's just it's a little different. Um, and I and I recite this quote. It's it's hard to be hungry when you're sleeping in silk sheets. You know what I mean? Connor has that taste of money ever since Mayweather he's been a little different. Um, we could definitely play on that climate here, but do we think Connor is more of a seasoned fighter uh, in regards to being more comfortable and having that edge over Chandler? That may be, but Chandler, you know, his quote, I'll see you at the top. That's his big thing. I, I feel like he could bring fireworks to this fight. I also see him getting some sort of edge, not the overall W for this matchup, but I could see him having more advantages when they do have their matchup going into it. Uh, with that being said, with the bad blood that Leon and Jorge has, Connor hypothetically wins this situation. Um, Leon may be the next fighter, and then you have your 
kind of contingencies after that point. So I feel like at this time, it's a pivotal moment in understanding what kind of narratives are to be played out after. Just because if you do have Chandler winning, you kind of just play matchmaker at this point. You kind of see like, okay, fresh talent, fresh faces, um, who's rising in the ranks. This is their time to have the throne. How long is this going to be? Because the longer a new person and an unfamiliar face has a throne, then the more hype of what we could have seen kind of dies out. Um, going back to Kakui versus Connor and one of the comments that we've seen here, uh, as much as I would love to say that, I recently saw this clip of Kakui being unable to do his traditional slide in the beginning of the fight, and it breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. And I know Olin um, MMA Nomaly has definitely said a segment to do uh, outside of fight weeks that aren't scheduled is to see the fights that never was or never happened. And yeah, that's going to be Boogeyman against Khabib. You know, that's the fight that we always wanted to see, but that fight just had bad luck all over it. Uh, but before I get into that tangent, there's just so much more concepts and arcs to explore into if mcgregor were to win this tough season however if chandler does win then that's that's fresh it's new it's it's going to be something exciting to see in regards to the new reign of how these champions kind of lay out the land uh but everyone wants to see mcgregor and his redemption arc so to speak because that facade that olin was talking about that didn't last very long and we hope to see it kind of play out just because they wanted to see fireworks but i feel like connor was going to be a nice guy because he's like i'm being nice to you because i'm going to win that wasn't the case so you know what's the true story what's the character that's to come out what kind of personality are we going to see in the matchup and that's what i'm looking forward to the most so Stay tuned for the next episode on when that comes to happen in regards to the conclusion of the tough season. But I'll go ahead and pass it back to MMA Anomaly. Take it away. Man, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't agree with everything you said more. Um, I just think that there might be a little bit of unfinished business. I wouldn't be mad at seeing uh, just kind of jumping back. I wouldn't be mad at seeing a fourth match against Agreed. Connor versus Dustin. I don't think that that should be the the next match that we see immediately. Let's let's actually see what you typed in the chat here, Nano. Connor is a contender at 170. Maybe Dustin should follow his lead and move up. He can be a future champ over all these guys. Um, man, <laughs> you're one of the guys in the friend group I probably agree with more often than not. Uh, this is going to be one of the few times I disagree with you, brother. Ooh. Um I think there are a lot of wrestlers at 170, and in and I, I don't want to I don't want to sound like that guy that's making excuses, but like when, when when it comes to me specifically, like my BJJ, my grappling is probably the weakest of all aspects of my ground my my grounded game of mixed martial arts. That being said, if I'm going against a 125 or a 135 or a 145 or even a 165 or like my if I'm cutting weight, I'm fighting at 145 to 165. That's going to be my area of expertise, right? <clears throat> that being said, if I'm going to get someone my weight range or below, that's maybe around my expertise or less, I can probably win that fight or keep it on the stand-up. Whereas if I go up to 170, 185, one, like 205 over that, if you're on the same par with me on grappling, on ground game, on BJJ, you beat me. And there are a lot of guys that are on equal playing grounds with Dustin Poirier when it comes to grappling, BJJ, etc. He's leaps and bounds ahead of them on striking. 
when it comes to a Colby Covington, but Colby Covington will beat him eight out of Ooh. ten times. I hate Just I hate Colby Covington because of the wrestling aspect. You think the wrestling and the cardio having cardio at 170 pounds versus 150 pounds, uh, 155 pounds is very different. Those are two entirely different things. Um, how much do you weigh, Nano? Man, I walk around. I was just thinking about that right now. I walk around at like 196, 197. You know, okay, so let, let's say let's say um, since 196, 197, you would fight at either 205 or 185. Which one do you think would be realistic? Well, so that's the thing. I mean, if I was really going to try to be disciplined, yeah. I mean, 185, maybe 170 if I was going to try to really cut you know get down but you got to think if you're in better if you're in fight shape you're carrying more muscle too true so as from from my experience i would say i would put you at 185 you'd be a middleweight right oh man alex Pereira, not asani those boys would realistically bro if if i'm cutting cutting weight like me and kiai had this conversation again shout out kiai me and kiai had this conversation literally first talk we had he's like dude if you were if you were like Decided to do this for real. Like, what what weight class did you find out? That's so what I'm straight up. Like, I was like, I'm like 165, and like that's when I was like, right after coming out of like training at AKA pretty significantly, and like I was still in pretty decent shape. So I'm 165. I would probably be 145 pound fighter, 155 at most. Okay. <clears throat> so that being said, you are two to three pound or two to three weight classes higher than me. No, no. So if you had the same grappling as me, you would beat me. But I'm confident in my Muay Thai game. I'm confident in my boxing, my stand-up, etc. That being said, it's just that weight discrepancy in the that weight discrepancy. That yeah. If again, if we fight ten times, there's a high likelihood that maybe you shoot in sloppily and I catch you with an uppercut. Maybe I catch you with a knee, etc. There's a number of reasons or ways that I catch you coming in. Yeah, but. Yeah. There's just as many ways, shapes, and forms as you're bigger than me. You're stronger than me. Maybe you get on top of me, and it's extremely hard for me to get the fuck up for the next four minutes. And if that's the case, well, the next five-minute round, not going to be any more fun for me because now you have a fucking roadmap, dog. So like, it's not going to be very fun for me. You get it? So Assuming I'm said, a like, decent wrestler or, or a dominant wrestler, or just at least That's have what I'm that saying. Like, if we're like, equal if playing ground, like I'm not a good wrestler. I'm not a good grappler. I know the basics. Like people that play guitar, people that play instruments, they tell you like you don't have to be the best guitar guitarist in the world, but if you learn to play chords, you can learn to make your own music. Once I you know get chords. to a certain point, yeah, like, once I you know get the to chords a certain of point, grappling. Can... <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's good. Like that. You can read the I, music. Hey, I can make fucking... music, but yeah. like your music if you've trained like semi decently in grappling is probably going to be better music than mine. <laughs> right, right. Like even if I'm fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan, you're Johnny Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh full boy. Oh, yeah, it's levels, it's levels. I hear you though, brother. Um, so yeah. That being said, uh, I think there's there's just a lot of ways that it could go. Let's see what Kiai doing here. Can't see him beating Kamaru, Colby, Bilal, Burns, Shawcott. Dude, that's Murder's Row right there. Good <laughs> so, God. I will say there are two people in that entire, or sorry, three people in that entire list that Poirier possibly beats Kiai. He beat not, a couple of them. Not, not, that, not, that, not that Dustin beats like fucking 10 out of 10 times, but if you fight, if like, again, Kamaro, Colby, Bilal, Burns, Shafkat, Wonderboy, Sean Brady, Luke, etc. If you run all of those fights 10 times, Dustin Poirier versus X, I think out of all of those names you listed, 
he beats Shafkat. Or no, sorry, not Shafkat. He beats Wonder Boy. He beats Sean Brady and he beats Luke at least five out of ten times. He has enough grappling negation to stop Luke's takedown onslaught, and he has much better boxing and footwork. His boxing and footwork is disgustingly better than both of those people. Um, and and the main reason that I was getting behind like how much more you weigh than me, Emiliano, this is the biggest over-encompassing thing, is this. There's it's a double-edged sword, as most things in MMA. Right? If you take me down, you weigh, you're heavier than me, you're stronger than me, you're bigger than me. You are going to be able to take me down and hold me down. But if we're fighting at the same weight, right? If you're a natural 185er and I'm a 155er, right? So I've now bolstered up 30 pounds of, of muscle, of whatever. Let's just say muscle. It's perfect, perfect case scenario. I have 30 pounds more of muscle. I'm a muscle car at this point, I have a Hemi. You've been here for 10 years. You've been here for 30 years. You've been here for as long as you've fucking been this weight. So you are a Prius when it comes to engine comparison. Called you a Prius. And that's a compliment, <laughs> Drew. Because I am going to gas out. That's never a Exactly. Long lasting. <laughs> this guy fucking gets it. So I'm going to gas the fuck out because I'm bigger than I'm used to being. So I'm muscle car. I'm like, let's go. And this guy's like, me, I'm not even fucking <laughs> consuming fuel right now. I'm coasting right now, dodging these shots. So, like, that's the biggest yeah. difference. Well, right? and, and, yeah. And looking at that list, I mean, outside of Kamaru and, and Kamsat, who clearly is a big Kamaru guy Dean. that cuts down, everyone else there, I mean, they probably walk around around that weight. There's not a lot of major weight cuts I'm seeing when you look at Kobe, who's not some muscle mass you know freaking god it god by any means Bilal, you know, maybe Bilal is a little bit bigger than you know he leads on burns is not a welterweight he's a lightweight shavkat kind of a skinny frame a lot of these guys you know i mean if dust i mean i have to ask think a question Dustin, i have to interject i have to interject Doctor. i have to interject i have to interject um yana i do declare you, you said i do declare uh you said you said you did say uh said. that he's a 155er talking about burns right so yeah. do you think that jorge's a 155er too and is this a 155 pound fight taking place at 170 that we're gonna watch i wish we had that middle division i wish there was a a uh catch weight or something right at 162 because a lot of these guys are somewhere in between right they all started their career. I mean, a lot of them start off at 155 because they're basically bleeding themselves dry, right? But maybe they're more naturally closer to a 170 or maybe they're naturally a 160, 165-er, but they fight at 170. I think at this stage in their careers, as they get older, it's like, you know, the Dustins, the Connors, the Chandlers, like they can bleed themselves dry at 155. But hey, I think we might see a better version of that on 170, uh, a healthy training camp a healthy or i mean maybe not healthy is the right word but at least a are you talking fully, about dustin just in general right i mean dustin walks around pretty heavy i mean Wait, well, a lot of these guys like they cut all right, down drew, drew go fuck yourself drew i see you shaking <laughs> you're nodding your fucking head bro like dustin you're just a certified like dustin hater counter dick writer bro like, <laughs> he walks around like a little tiny. That's bro he's a big boy he's a big boy 
Bro, he says that shit. Like, literally, all his training partners say he walks around typically like 185. 185? Damn. Down to what? Bro, what, so, down to 155 is a good. This is that's a normal that's 25, cutting weight. 30 pounds, yeah. That's and 30 that's, pounds. Like, dude, yeah. when he's out of weight camp, walking around 30 pounds heavier is fucking normal. When you're in fight camp, you're going to shred probably 8 to 10 pounds. And then during the week of fucking cut, you're going to shred 20. That's how this game works. It's weird. It's a fucked up science. Dustin like, talks about hating it though. You know you've heard him talk about like he well, doesn't no, enjoy do, that way. But cut. do you hear him talking about it now versus when he used to talk about it? No. Well, no more he used IVs to talk about nowadays. Shit ton when he was one forty five. Yeah. True. True. When he was one forty five, like yeah. even if you ask who is his, who is his I mean, fucking look at Connor at one forty five. Look, you look like oh, fuck Connor at one forty five. Oh jeez. <laughs> no, you, he's like, not at one forty five. Do we call yeah, him that's... Connor? Or do we call him Skeletor? Come on, let's no, call him Spade a Spade here. He was, hey, he was double man. champ. Like, he, was, he was. He was the cream of the crop at the time. Yeah, he was. A Bro, he bumped into Uriah Faber in the fucking hallway cutting weight when he was his, his second to last cut at 145 against Chad Mendez, and he literally oh, almost right. got into a fist fight and got almost DQ'd. He almost got that almost only happens when you need sugar, dog. <laughs> that was a fun Ultimate <laughs> Fighter series. That, pat on that was fun. Almost knocked him out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. He flew. God damn, oh, dude. And the best thing about that entire, like, both the, to, to, to your mention, uh, Nano, the tough season, and to, well, to your, to your mention, <laughs> Drew, um, the, the fucking, like, actual push at the, at the, like, post weight cut situation, every, inst- every instance, every situation between Conor McGregor and Uriah Faber was fucking gold. Yeah. Like, because, it Connor was, was so serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was. It was such polar opposites. Connor was so like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You look like a poor man, and like fucking, you had the opposite in in Uriah Faber. Just like, yeah, man. I'm not poor man. I'm not poor man. Like, what, what was the, what was the exact what was the actual uh, exchange that they had? It was amazing. Like one of them was dressed in a suit with python skin shoes, Connor, python. and the other pythons and. <clears throat> the other was dressed in like board shorts and fucking like a tank top. And he's all, you look like a broke bum surfer. And he's all, you look like someone who's not making any money has to dress up to fucking make money. And he's <laughs> like, all, I, feel like he's I dress money. like this because I make a lot of money. <laughs> and like fucking Uriah Faber was said something to the tune of like, I make a lot of money so I don't have to ever dress like that. The fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. year old skateboarder. And Uriah Faber with the big old smile on his face like, well, yeah, you're in California, dude. Uh, yeah, it's He's like, what, yeah. are, what are those shoes even made of? Python skin. And fucking Uriah Faber makes fun of his accent. He's all, Python? What's a Python? Do we have those in America? <laughs> We're making the same money, dude. Rolls off in the little mini skateboard. Psh, psh, let's go, dude. Like, Skates mm. away. Psh. Kick, push, <laughs> coast. <laughs> Great song. He's like, Shout out. out. Screw so, these guys. I'm out of here. So, all right, guys, it has been an extremely long episode, but you know what? We got oh, four man, people on here. We got literally go. the fucking legends of the legends of the MMA group chat that I've had going for. Let's just let's not even mention how long, because that'll just <laughs> tell the people how old we are. Um, so, <laughs> so that being said, we are going to talk about one more fight announcement before we call it a day here, guys. We have a crazy fight announcement here. Ilya Teporia, the man who's been... Oh. All but begging for a motherfucking uh, fight. The bull. Finally got a fight. And before we talk about this one, we're going to do one closing. One closing here. 
Um, if you don't already have it poured up, Jalen, come on, brother, wearing the Dream Team hat. Don't act like it's come a problem. On. I know you already got it ready. I I'll heard you. I heard it. you, bro. I saint it. Let's I saint it. it. I saint it. Let's get it, baby. <laughs> Let's get it. So, cheers. Cheers to the boys. Another fucking amazing episode in the books. Boom. Let's go to the boys, to the crew. Thank y'all for joining in. Let's go. Cheers, gentlemen. Ooh. I still stand by the fact that Zoa, the Rock's energy drink, fantastic energy drink, full of BCAAs. It's more of a pre-workout slash post-workout kind of setup, but... Ooh. The peach flavor is complete and total ass. It's not good at all, um, which is why it's you know one of the last two cans we have in the fridge from the Costco bag. Highly recommend the orange flavor or the uh, fruit punch flavor. Big big fan, big fan. Shout out Zoa. Shout out Zoa. You know what I'm saying? Uh, please please sponsor us. Anybody? We're fucking ready for it. Let's get it. Uh, that being said, we got Ilya Taporia in a real motherfucking fight here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all ages. Now. This is this is a pretty crazy one. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Um and and we're going to jump into it. We're definitely going to jump into it. But before we actually jump into it, we actually have one other thing that we have to 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 really really bust up here. Just open this up here real quick. Real quick. There we go. Boom. Where is it at? Where is it at? Uh window. There he is. While, while Olin cues this up, yeah, we have Elliot Saporia gets his first <sighs> UFC main event versus Josh This Emmett. is Kiai. Oh. This is Kiai and Herb Dean. He said to us sooner rather than later. You know what I'm saying? The man himself. Let's I go. can smell the lobby. Of, oh, my gosh. You guys. <laughs> you fucking guys. That's sick. I mean, that's, that's so the guy. Cool. That's the man, the myth, the legend. Kiai himself. I mean, when a man, when a grown motherfucking man is named after the sound you make when you break another man's face. Tia! You know what I'm saying? Um, you <laughs> can't Raiders. help but motherfucking respect that guy. And I was just, dude, you beat me to the punch. Oh, I wasn't sorry. even done. Brother, I'm I appreciate sorry, you. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Um, growing up in, in Louisiana, for most of my life, I've been a Raiders fan for a vast majority of my life. Oh, long brother. before I made it to California. I don't know if you know this. I did not um, know this. What the frick? Brother, we're going to go into the story right now. I see Drew making the face, so we got to tell the viewers how this happened. How did this happen? Um, we had season tickets to the Saints games. My dad, big, big Saints fan. Uh, also, big, big racist. Um, even bigger Saints fan, maybe. Debatable, depending on who you ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's neither here nor there. So, <laughs> big Saints fan. Also, big fan of garage sales. We used to go every Ooh. Saturday and Sunday. Went to a garage sale when I was probably like three or four years old, and I saw a little keychain that was shaped like a little, little baseball hat, and it had a Raider symbol on it. It had the little crossbones with the skull. It was That's sick. And your boy baller. was a small child, a small manly man child. And I was like, Dad, I don't want that, apparently. And um, allegedly. And so, you know, my dad got it for me. So uh, since then, I've been a Raiders fan. All the way down to the point. You might think like, oh, well, I mean, you got a fucking keychain at a fucking garage, so you're not really a Raiders fan. My dad had season tickets to Saints games. All the way to the point to where like bridge superintendent fucking JD. This is, this is a fun ass story, actually. So one of the guys that played LSU baseball, such a big deal that they named a corner of the LSU stadium after him. Cooley's Shh. Corner. 
Uh, he ended up going on to become one of the bigger salesmen for Nation's Rent, which rents like forklifts, fucking cherry pickers, cranes, etc. All the needs, all the essentials. I may or may not get Chad Cooley in a fucking pit of trouble here, but apologies. This is a long time ago. Um, he basically would, would hook up my dad up and he would say, hey, if you cut us that big check every quarter for you renting our equipment, we have a suite, a nation's rent suite at the Superdome, and we will give you four tickets for you, your wife, and your two kids. <coughs> so we went there. There's a cocktail Let's waitress go. like making drinks for my dad and my mom. I didn't give a fuck because I was, I was a small child. What I cared about is the fact that there were cookies the size of my head. They were oh. free. There was a oh. vat, not a pot, not a pan, a vat. Like, you know, a vat of toxic waste where the fucking superheroes get their powers. There was a vat Jeez. of jambalaya. A, a fucking vat of jambalaya. It might as well be acid because your boy was addicted. Uh, it was um, bomb. Okay. Yeah. They had chicken strips. They had everything you could name. They had it all set up. Okay. Um, also, as a preteen boy, the cocktail waitress being in a very short cocktail dress, it was a very fun situation for your boy. Um, also, my mom and sister wore very provocative outfits. We decided quite a few times to go walking. Not we. They and I decided to tag along. And one of those few times, we ended up uh, running into Silk the Shocker and Master P, who invited my mom and sister in to come and party with them. But they were like, whoa, 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 young man, you might be too young. And me, being the 11 year old fucking savage I was, looked up and was like, I'm 43 years old. I'm a very, very, very young looking midget. And then literally Silk the Shocker latched his fucking ass off and let me in. Uh, so, you know what I'm saying? We had a good time. 43. Um, <laughs> like Benjamin real, t- real talk, though. The second game that we went to in that nation's rent suite, the whole reason for this story, ended up being, lo and behold, the Raiders versus the Saints. Now, every game I went to before then, I went to a lot before then because my dad would get a lot of tickets to Saints games, big Saints fan. We would we would dress up in Saints gear. We would paint our faces black and gold. Ooh. Okay. I ended up at nine years old on a clip of Inside the NFL on HBO next to my dad wearing a full Saints helmet with black and gold, like V for Vendetta style fucking black and gold paint. Nice. Yelling, welcome to the NFL, baby, let's go. I was literally just yelling things that I had heard on NFL Quarterback Club 97 on the PlayStation 1. Shout <laughs> out. Nice. Shout um, out. <laughs> Legend. So, the second time I went to the suite, I was painted in black and silver. And they, all of them, were threatening to hang me over the pillars by my toes. Because they oh, were all no. fucking from Louisiana. And they were yeah. all Saints fans. It was oh, Chad no. Cooley's suite for Nations Ren. Oh, no. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was terrified. I was terrified for the my Cooley life. suite. <laughs> oh, man. That is epic. Let's so, go. Um, if there's ever been a Raiders fan, your boy almost died to be a Raiders fan. Before Dude, and I like, is... and at that point, I'll be honest with you, I know a single Raiders player. I just thought their sample was cool. And when I was in the suite, I got a good view of the cheerleaders, and I was like, "This is dope." That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool too. <laughs> Not so bad. <laughs> Not <nice>. so bad. <laughs> um, I love it, dude. I love it. Oh man, I'll send you some Raider gear. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Dude. We're gonna we're gonna be and in Vegas together in July. We yeah. we better all have something, Raiders, right? Oh, absolutely. Maybe not you, Drew. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm Maybe probably you, gonna Jaylen. be with I'm probably gonna be with Drew here as I wear my legendary Niners Hot Boy University oh, sweatshirt. Go. There you go. 
Can we please actually set this up? Okay, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. We're setting this up right fucking now. E, Nano, we are going to bring some Raiders gear. And I already got it on deck. Asso Akiro, this is Drew. You're bringing some Niners gear. Just make sure we're it's doing, black, Drew. At least it's blended. We are, <laughs> no, 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 no. I want it to be as different as fucking possible because I want us to do stare downs. Ooh, in okay. Vegas, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. On the strip or in front yeah, of the MGM I'm, Grand Lion. Like, I want it to be a fucking dope little stare down picture. Make it happen. And who's the tallest of us all? Is it, It's got to be either Nano or Jalen. What's the heights? 6'2". Six, 6. There you go. Oh, you're 6'2". Okay, so definitely the thicker of the two is going to be Nano. So Nano versus Drew is definitely going to be our David versus Goliath one that we all post on social media. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's going to be the header of the fucking photo slides. <laughs> so... Before we jump off, like I said, we have one fight to go over. We have Ilya Zaporia going up against Josh motherfucking Smith. Yes, sir. Bro, Smith. this... Josh Smith. Josh Smith. Josh Smith. Yeah, Josh, Josh Smith. Smith. Josh Smith, a.k.a. Josh Emmeth. <laughs> M. Smith. <laughs> Gilbert Melendez. Josh Smith. Yo, Jeez. the roster is evolving. <laughs> is he fighting the UFC... <laughs> the UFC game Bro. interim champion? Who is this guy? <laughs> you, already, you already know we had to make sure you guys were paying attention here. Uh, Josh Smith. Uh, he married Pocahontas. He didn't actually. He married Pocahontas' sister. Uh, so... Josh Emmett versus Ilya Taporia. Real, real talk. Wow. Who do you guys actually see winning this fight? This is actually a really crazy fight, in my opinion. Man, this is interesting, huh? Josh Emmett coming off a loss against my boy Yadir. Just fought for the interim title. That is interesting. They're getting him Ilya. They must know. Ilya's... This man's up to something, man. He's He's got some in him. I don't know. This is tough. I mean, Josh is a... He's obviously, like I said, coming off the loss. He's a big, strong... Top talent, top elite contender in the division. But yo, give me the Raging Bull. Give me the Matador in this one. I think Matador, I'm taking Ilya, man. He's a dog. That's the guy. I think he'll find a way to pull it off. Let's get it. I see. Oh, up, we got Mug Mug up in this bitch. Hey. Let's go, Muggy. What's happening? I give the edge to the Matador, but if you look at the last Hold five, on, real quick, real quick. We got to let Drew say had a mug. What's up, Mug? <laughs> all right we back we back we back we back if you remember the last fight emmett almost knocked knocked him down like he had some speed he had some momentum against that fight so i i don't count that out he was nearly ko'd by emmett last fight uh but yeah i definitely took that w back home so with emmett having this bounce back of a fight i don't queued up any better for josh emmett to see how he could kind of react to this recent loss. So I'm rooting for Emmett, but I do give the edge to the Matador. I I agree. I, I think the Matador is going to take it, man. I think we got a young stud coming in in Ilya Taporia. And, uh, you know, not to cut in front of anybody here on the prediction, but I think Ilya Taporia realistically just takes this. I think um, Josh Emmett has looked good in his last few performances, but he hasn't improved. Whereas Ilya Taporia in every single outing has shown improvements. In the Jai Herbert fight, he showed he could go against someone that's bigger and and taller and stronger and longer. But again, realistically, he's a young man in, in a young man's sport. Um, oh, perfect timing. Actually, JJ just literally said, brother, 
Emmett is now 38. His time is coming. I think oh, his yeah. time has came, gone, and came Ooh. back again. Like yeah. in this sport, undefeated. unfortunately, it's a young man's sport. I think mm-hmm. um, I forget what the exact stat was, but it was something like 90% of those that are 35 or above coming into a rematch lose the rematch or trilogy. Um, that being said, this isn't a rematch. This isn't a trilogy. This is a first off. This is a once off. This is a one and only to judge and just see it all happen and come to fruition. And I, I think Emmett offers one thing, and that's one punch knockout power. I don't yeah. think that he offers anything other than one punch knockout power. And I think that Yair Rodriguez truly showed that. And Ilya Taporia is that guy. He's that guy when it comes to the weight class. And I, I think he gets it done in the first two rounds. I don't think this fight goes any more than two rounds. What do you think, Drew? Um, wow, I'm the only one going for Emmett, it looks like. Sheesh, uh, he's taking a triple for shot, him. boys. Rooting for him, man. I do not want to get into a fist fight with Josh Josh Smith or Josh Emmett. Do not <laughs> Josh Smith. His new name is officially Josh Smith. Mr. He, Smith. Mm, talk about a hard-hitting guy. That. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into a fist fight with him. I, I got Emmett winning that fight. That's it? That's all you got? Yeah, that's all I got. I got him winning that fight. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know for what reason. He's going to knock him out. It's going to happen. But I got Josh Smith. (laughs) Josh Smith gets it done. Josh Smith. Going back to your stat, I'm pulling up alpha bet MMA tips in regards to the difference of fighters. So if there is a fighter of 35 years old and there is a five-year difference, the stat here that actually lays this day is only 35% and they actually give the stats on how the fight goes out too. So TKO 11% if the fighter's 35 and has a five year difference within that span, 6% within subs and then 18% of <laughs> decisions. So nice. hey, just I mean, reinforcing Olin's point. Yeah. I mean, actually I want to actually add to that Jalen. So you put up the stats and everything. If DC and Stipe kept going, and say did a best of seven. DC is forty one when that when the third fight happened. Let's just keep picking at Olin while we have it. Well, you just want one more chance to. <laughs> and that's all we have for tonight, you know, folks. <laughs> and oh, jeez. It's been real. <laughs> and here comes the smoke from JJ hey, Smoke. Is. Come on, keep bringing him, brother. Oh. <laughs> Mind you, I Fucking smell a bet. Shit. I smell a bet. So, JJ, if you want to line up with Drew in regards to this match, you know, hey, but, let right, us he know. He is part of Team Alpha Phil, so, you know. All right, hold on, JJ. <clears throat> the real question is, how confident are you? And type it up in the chat. <laughs> I want I want to see this. I want to see commitment, JJ oh, Smoke. How confident are you? in Josh Emmett losing this fight. And if you are, let's hear a bet. Are you down to to submit a shot, maybe a double shot video to the MMA Anomaly podcast? We'll we'll show it live. And and if you're right, 
then I'd love to see you submit a video saying maybe, ha ha, I told you so to fucking Mystic Drew over here while he does his double shot. And I'll play it. I'll queue it up right before he whoa, does whoa, that. Whoa, hey, for the record, I'm not betting on Josh Smith winning this fight. I, I think you're actually betting on Josh Smith. It sounded like you sounds were gung-ho, like ready to go. Sounds like, sounds like it was. I'm just saying, Guys, I'm hold on, hold like on. Can we, can, we, can we get this in paper here? Was he betting on Josh Emmett? Oh, yeah. He said he's the only one going against... I mean, the Matador saying, is what I heard. And was he betting on Josh Emmett? I'd say Drew was setting up to bet on Josh Emmett, yes. Oh, Mike. And now I'll unmute him. Uh- <laughs> I, I just said I wouldn't want to get into a fist fight with him. That's just a bad idea. And uh, Sounds like good. you're betting for him. I don't know. <laughs> I think anyone like the UFC roster is good, but I don't want to fight them. Ladies ladies, and gentlemen, boys and girls, days and thems, everything in between. JJ Smoke, I believe, has just agreed here. Bro, I'm 100%. He he says, and I quote, somebody clip this and post it on the Twitter. This guy said, bro, I'm 100% confident. Taporia smokes him in a round. Take him to the bank. He's giving you a spread. Drew, the real question is this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put you on full screen here, big guy. Do we have you confident that it makes it out of one round? Because if it doesn't, I think JJ Smoke has to send us a double shot video. All right. I, I'll take a bet on Josh Smith for sure. Got it. Oh, man. I, I really, really wish I could have anticipated this. I would have had some fucking air horn sounds on, on lock ready for this. We need a good one. That'll be the next soundbite for uh, bets. Eric I'm said he Eric, bets man. on Josh Smith, but not Josh Emmett. I'm, with, I'm Eric. with him. I bet Mr. Smith. Here we go. Buggy's Whoa. with him too. She's she's with Josh Smith. I think we're all on Josh Smith here. Uh, he's not even <laughs> confident in Josh Smith. Or sorry, he's, he's not even confident in Josh Emmett. He's confident in Josh Smith. Drew, what, what say you? Yo, hey, put it out there. I'll, Josh Emmett, Josh Smith, doesn't matter. Let's go. <laughs> I'll take the bet. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, ladies and thems. This is Drew says, it don't matter if it's fucking Josh Emmett or Josh Smith. Josh is the he for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, Pause. Pause? Wait. Wait, am I the only one that missed this announcement? Comza versus Paulo Costa? Hold on. Is that a real thing? Shut the fuck up. Dude, it's on my DraftKings. What? <laughs> what? There's odds for it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a breaking news announcement here. Nano is going to be the one to deliver it. Let's hear it, Nano. As I'm scrolling through, I was going to see if there's any odds for Ilya Tapura versus Josh Emmett. But, you know, my uh, you know nosy behind, I'm scrolling through these future odds. And, and well, oh man, there's a few on here. Now I, now I feel like I'm second-guessing it. But there's Leon Edwards versus Kobe Covington odds. It's a split, minus 110 for both of them. But then there's also a Kamzat Chamaya versus Paulo Costa. Kamzat minus 280, Paulo Costa plus 235. Ooh, baby. That is juicy, juicy, juicy. Paulo Costa versus Kamshat, Kamshat, Kamshikity. 
I mean, DraftKings, unless DraftKings knows something we don't. I don't know what that's supposed to be. I think DraftKings is, I'll be completely honest with you. I think you got that Russian link to download DraftKings or something. I don't know what's happening with your DraftKings song. (laughs) Wild. (laughs) True. (laughs) You got that Russian link, brother. Brother, I sent Russian link. He really wants a Kamzov fight, as Cox's manager said a day ago. Ooh. Oh, JJ Smoke's already on that smoke, dude. Ooh, He's like, let me too, throw man. motherfucking 20 down on it. Those odds you, are nice. Why do I feel like JJ's favorite song is I Got Five on it? And as soon as odds come out, he's like, I got five on it. <laughs> and then with that end of we. <laughs> I, dude, man, that's so crazy. Costa versus comes up. That's the, if the UFC's pushing it, the UFC's going to get what they want. Let's be honest. Okay. All right. He'll, he'll I said that was the last fight, but you fucking had to come in here with goddamn breaking news, this fucking guy. Fuck, man. I didn't know. And, and All right, real quick. Here... Real quick. Oh, go ahead. Real quick. JJ. No, 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 no. Jay, dude, come on. Asso. Let's hear it, brother. No, I'm just coming in with some facts. I want to see the sources. I want to see where it's at. So we do have DraftKings posting up the odds. Maybe that is what it is. Uh, but Chell Sonnen two days ago posted that that is a rumor of Costa versus Kamzat. Uh, now we're coming up with Sports Trust, Mac Life, and Daily Mail posted 19 hours ago that Costa's manager actually confirms that this clash of Kamzat being the first fight with uh, Costa in the new UFC deal is still in talks, and Costa then calls out USADA, um, but then also calls out Kamzat to be his first match. So I think the first match is targeting to be Kamzat versus Costa. It's just the negotiation and terms are still on the table for discussion. So... Maybe it's not locked in, but that is what the next fight is queued up. And DraftKings, knowing how the lines changes and they shift, that is what they have uh, in store. So I'm glad that they are getting ahead of the curve and what's to come. But as of right now, I don't think anything is concrete. But the fight to happen, not the fight that's going to happen. Mm. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but the chat's going crazy right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, the the, the chat is going crazy right now. So let's see. Let's see what they're saying here. Um, Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yep. Boom. Just Ooh. wait until we get closer to Volk versus Yair. Ooh. So I can Those defend that Yair is well. KOing him. Yeah. JJ Smoke, Ooh. my fucking guy. Ooh. JJ, I don't know what your Twitter handle Ooh. is, but please drop it in the chat Ooh. because I want to shout you out. I want to get you more follows. I don't even care about my follows in this episode. Mm. I need to get you more follows because I'm on that boat Ooh. with you, dude. And if that boat is sinking for whatever reason, I got a big fucking bucket and I'm helping you scoop water out of that goddamn sinking ship because I think... Yeah, here's a problem for Volk. I think Volk has faced a lot of people that are headhunters, and I think that Yair, if you asked me this question four years ago, I would tell you there's not a hope in hell that Yair beats this Volk guy. This Volk guy is the, the truth, he's the future, etc. But if you look me in the motherfucking eyes, look me in the motherfucking eyes, and I'll tell you straight the fuck up, I think Yair... If he goes out there and he fights that fight the way he did against Josh Emmett, I don't want to say he's going to expose Alexander the Great, but I will say that I think he edges him out. I think he beats him. I think he ends up landing a lot of body shots. And just as J.J. Smoke says, bros, yeah, you're so vicious. Like, come on, dude. He's a dog. He's a fucking dog. Like, if, if you did an x-ray of that young man's chest, you'd see multiple dogs in there. That's all he's full of. Of the Madaug. Oof. It's full of them. Come on. I agree, man. It's tough. I mean, honestly, Volk is a legend, though. It's it's tough to put it past him, but maybe he's looking at that weight cut. Maybe he's like, you know what? I'll just move on up. 
I did my thing. I'm gonna pass the torch. This guy got me, right? The KO is interesting. I don't know if Volk, Volk may never get KO. That dude's built like a shit brick house. I mean, I don't, that's tough to say. Maybe Yarya can win it by decision. Maybe he can edge it out, but if he KOs him, it's, you know, outside of seeing Leon KO Usman, that was, that would be the next like most shocking thing I've ever seen in my life in the UFC. Let me tell you, just like the comment I just made before I let anybody else even fucking interject in this dance. Okay, it's you and me. There right you go, here. like a TKO. Okay, uh, I, here's the thing. I've sparred a great number of men. Uh, Drew, this guy right here. Look at this fucking smug motherfucker. He uh, he, he threw me a blast earlier. He's like, yo, we get it. Daniel's your friend. Daniel Gonzalez, okay? Um, he's the homie. He's hit me with a great number of body shots. That, like, here's the difference. When somebody knocks you or rocks you with a with a face shot, you can be like, good one. But when someone hits you with a body shot, you can't be like, good one. You get hit, and then no matter how hard you tell your brain to will your body to say like, that's okay, I'm fine. Like, even if you do this with your face, Your body you so fucking down. melt. Yeah, <laughs> it's physically like, nope. impossible to not just like to, to to just actually ignore a body shot. Um, the biggest thing that I noticed in that Josh Emmett versus Yair Rodriguez fight is the fact that every time Yair Rodriguez threw a body kick, he did something that one of my favorite coaches of all time, Tomas Nomas Dion, over at American Kickboxing Academy in San Jose, taught me. And that's when you're throwing a body kick, you lead with your knee. So that way, if they step in to defeat the power of the body kick, you're still landing a knee to the rib cage. And you always aim with that knee to the lower rib cage. That way, worst case scenario, you're hitting the lower four ribs when you connect with that actual shin bone. So if they step in, they're actually connecting on the bottom two ribs, which are the weakest two ribs in the entire set. Easiest to break. We saw that happen against Josh Emmett, a.k.a. Josh Smith. AKA the guy that lost that fucking fight, guys. Um, why did he lose that fight? Because the body shots. It had nothing to do with the headshots. Josh Emmett was a headhunter in that fight. If you look at the stats round by round, where they were being thrown, headshots versus body shots or versus well-rounded shots, leg shots, body shots, headshots, etc. So, again, I, I, I think if you're a veteran of the game, you can fake it against a good headshot. We eat too many of those body shots, and I don't care how how good you are at poker, you're going to take a knee. And then even if your brain tells you, like, get up, get up, you're the world champ, OH, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, you're going to stay the fuck down. I know. Um, <laughs> like, that's like, <laughs> HO, oh boy. Like, oh, you're no. staying the fuck down. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a reverse action. Um, I'm interested to hear how, how you guys think that fight goes. Drew. What's that? What we got Josh Emmett. We got your rear, as Chael Sonic calls it. Wait, sorry. What? <laughs> All right. Uh, moving oh, into oh. <laughs> No, like I said, I give the NCI ear. <laughs> It's just I am rooting for Josh Emmett just because, yeah, he is a veteran of the game. He does have that fight in him. It's just 
the last fights, it wasn't so polished. Olin, going back to your point, we do not see as much growth. Um, going back to the wild stat of fighters over 35, you don't see much development. You don't see much growth or even change into their natural game plan going into the fight yair on the other hand he's still constantly he's chameleon man he's a chameleon in regards to like showing the new shades of the fire that he is and he is to be um so yeah yair if you look at the comments down below jj give them all the smoke i also think yair is going to take him down via body shot tko ko whatever it may be just because of the high volume that yair has the ability to do so drew what do you think Dude, I have not been paying attention. What, what's the question? <laughs> My man, jo- he locked in Josh Smith. It was all right. Josh Emmett, Yair, final word. What are your thoughts, bud? <laughs> oh no, for sure, Yair. I mean, he's definitely uh, his striking game. He's he's got the kicks. He's got the. Hold on, I did not expect this. You said Yair. Yeah, Yair versus Josh Emmett. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No, 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 no. What? What's happening, <laughs> brother? Yair versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Oh no, Vol- Volkanovski all day. Volkanovski. Excuse me, I was reinforcing. I was reinforcing much. the Emmett and Yair, but yes, with Volk gotcha, and uh, Yair, um, I also stand by you, Drew. So my apologies for the confusion. Uh, Nana, what are your brother. thoughts? All good. <laughs> I know we haven't bounced around a little bit, but no, I mean, well, Josh Emmett, Ilya Tapora, give me Ilya, Yair versus Volk. I mean, dude, Volk's a legend again. I mean, I don't. I guess I, it, my pick's going to be Yair, but it's going to be by decision. I don't think Volk's going to get put away. I just, it's hard for me to see. It's hard for me to see. Volk's a dog. You know, 145. It's, you know, I've got to address what, what JJ said here. El Pantera, a.k.a. Yair Rodriguez, a.k.a. as Chael P., the original gangster Shannon calls him, Yair turned Holloway into a wrestler, by the way. I love Holloway as much as the next guy, bro. Uh, bro, Asso, I'm pointing to you. I'm looking at you. I already know you're the probably the bit. Yeah, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. You dirty fucking dog. I'm looking at you. Um, I already know you're probably the biggest Max Holloway fan I know. And you gotta admit that, as I stated in the chat, those are facts. Like five X's. Yeah, that's why I'm not know. I think he sneezed. Oh, oh. No Bless you again. In. Yep, he's got. I think he has the third one. Nope, just two. Oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, I again. I think I agree. Uh, Bless you, Nano, as Eric Wiederstrand said. Uh, again, El Pantera turned Holloway into a wrestler. As a Holloway fan, gotta admit that did happen. It did. It did. As much as it breaks my heart, um, that is one of the fights that we wish could have won. Our it just didn't happen that way. And in, in the words of Max Holiday, Holloway, it, it is what it is, you know. So at the same time, we're still coming back. We we still have some lined up. Uh, I'm still rooting for the man, but now Volk takes on his own narrative, and Holloway is on the comeback. So going back to the concepts and fights of how we could talk about bounce back fights and bad blood to be settled in i hope holloway and Volk is somewhere on that card but we have many many checkpoints to stop by first in order Aww. for us to get to that storyline all right nano closing thoughts man yeah no i mean i think everyone's had some great things to say i know we've been here for a while don't need to be a broken record i mean 
sign me up. Give it, give me straight to the veins. All these fights we're talking about. It's gonna be a fun year. Um, speaking of year, give me Yadier. Give me the the year of the Mexican champs, man. My people, we're coming out strong. I like we're that. keeping I like the belts, that. man. That's it. It's a wrap. I fucking love it. All right, let's go, guys. Um, we have gone over our favorite trilogies of all time. Uh, we have gone over, I think, two breaking news at this point, and we have gone over probably six or seven shots, which is a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Let's see what JJ Smoke said on closing thoughts here. Big Holloway fan too. Holloway wins his next. He's about to smoke Allen. Damn, JJ, I'm actually going to... Drew, my guy. JJ, Hold on, real be, quick, real quick. Yes, Drew, Drew, Drew. We're going to agree for the first time, possibly. Well, no, breaking, breaking news. Hold on, hold on. Where's, where's, where's the breaking news? Where's the breaking news? At? Oh, where's the, ah. Ladies and gentlemen, me and Drew have agreed for the possibly wow. the first time in over a decade, fucking ever. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna we're gonna bring them in just for funsies, just so they can be a part of this goddamn moment here. Whoa. Um, we are agreeing Whoa. on this. I, I honestly am so caught off guard. I don't even fucking remember we're agreeing on at this point. Whoa. You know what? I do at this point. Holloway actually gets beat. I by Arnold I Almighty Holloway. Allen. I love Holloway, but Arnold the Almighty Allen. Uh, Hey, all the greats, their time, it, come, it, hey, it comes a time when, you know, he just it falls off. And not saying Max Holloway falls off or anything, but Arnold. JJ Smokes has a 50-45. Brother, my brother in Christ, my brother in Allah, my brother in whoever the fuck you believe in. If you don't believe in anybody, I think you'll believe in this fucking bet. That's a double shot. Okay, you get to watch me and this is Drew, a.k.a. Mystic Drew, do each each a double shot if oh if max holloway actually wins this fight mm. sorry if max wins 50 45 my guy we do a double shot if max wins in general we'll do you motherfucking solid we'll do you service we'll do a single shot for you let's express but, the best baby but here's no, the yeah. thing here's the thing oh man we love to see it sorry you're out of here Jalen. Uh, <laughs> Asso's gone, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just kidding. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, 5045, my guy, he says, here's the real talk. Here's the real truth. If, if Max wins, even if it's 49-48, me and Drew, we'll do a shot. But... If anything other than 5045 goes on, I need a confirmation in the chat that you're going to do a double. One for me, right, one for this is Drew. Retweet that quick from JJ. Um, Come on, JJ. Okay. Can we please? Can we please hit that in the chat? Let's see up. what he says. He says, "Destroy him, Allen." Yeah, only that chance one. to win is to KO Holloway, which is I impossible. Agree. I agree, brother. Brother, I think I think Allen. It hey, is impossible. But let's see what Drew says first. Drew, but let's hey, hear it. Like I said, you, you're <laughs> eventually you're gonna fall off just a little bit. And I, there's a first I had to time. Throw some everything. intense music on there. There's a first time for everything. That's all I'm gonna say. There is hey, a first time go, for Luke. everything, and go, uh, you know what? Let's see. Let's see. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's Luke. Luke. Oh, how do you even say that name? I love that. How do you say Rack? 
Raxawalski, come on. Raxawalski? Oh, I'm sorry, Drew. I'm sorry, come fucking on. Mr. Look at Mr. The Efficient Air over here. Goddamn. Mystic Hold Drew on. over here just throwing oh, it out I, there like it's goddamn fucking elementary, my dear Watson. Let me hop into JJ Smoke's comment here. Fifth grade spelling champ. Oh JJ wow! Fifth grade, said, fifth, fifth grade spelling champ for this is true, you guys. Hey, you put guys. that on the accolade. Can we? Can fifth we please? Grade. Okay. All right, guys. All right. That actually just confirmed, and I had this idea in the back of my mind before this episode, and I wanted to actually throw it out in the the, the group chat for the Dream Team here, but I didn't want to be that guy. I'm going to need your three accolades. Drew, I'm going to need that to be one of your three accolades. No, um, no, no. <laughs> Dude, fifth grade spelling bee <laughs> champ? That's no. money in the bank. Yeah, for, for the conversation we're having right now, yes. <laughs> Dude. Oh, love the love the Luke right here. Luke Rockowalski, can you please hit us up and just please confirm that fifth grade spelling bee champ, he literally threw out that last name like it was just common common knowledge. Um, I think that's definitely an accolade here, guys. Uh, let's see what JJ had to add here. JJ Smoke. He would have lost <laughs> to Cater if it wasn't for his knee. I mean. <laughs> it's a big factor. It is. I disagree. I firmly disagree. I, I still think old Maddie would have won that fight. Um. Can you use this? <laughs> <laughs> They've like it's Josh Smith. <laughs> oh, we love you, Eric, man. Said, oh, can my God damn. Eric, oh. Eric, okay. It's confirmed. All four of us, all four of us. Can we please agree oh. or disagree that we need Eric in an episode? Oh, oh, agree. Absolutely. Can we give it can we give a thumbs up or thumbs can down for this? Can we give a Olin double thumbs up here? Can we give a Olin double thumbs up here? <laughs> double. Just saying. Give that double double. No, going Bro. back to JJ's comment though. Allen's only chance to win to is to KO Holloway, which is impossible. And mind you, the wildest stat that is still out there, the top five fighters that have been knocked down are Khabib, Max, Valentina, Marvin, and John Jones. Marvin who? Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori, bro. List. Come on. Fucking he's Iron on, Chin. He's on this list. Yeah. Wait, so well, hold, like, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to ask. Look. I have to ask with the utmost seriousness. Was that a serious question? No, not a serious question. Okay, you. I, I was like, wait. Do you know another Marvin in the UFC? And do you actually have to ask if that's the Marvin? You leave. <laughs> you leave Josh Smith alone. Okay, I'm talking to you. <laughs> it's, <up> it's, <laughs> it's either Marvin Vittori or Marvin the Martian. Come on. There we go, Luke. That's how you say it. There we go, Luke. Rachavalski. Oh, dude, that's a cool fucking name. Luke Rachavalski. Everybody, Luke Rachavalski, the newcomer to the MMA chat. And you love to see it. We're glad to have him. Great to see you, Luke. Had Let's to go. let it muster a little. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You love to see it. Came, came in with the little, um, yeah, that's Alan. Just saying. So if you want to hop on this bet, bud, lovely to have you. And for those of you that don't know, Eric, Eric Wiederstrand. I've known that guy for probably like 20 years. Um, he was the guy that told me to start a podcast. And originally, me and that guy were Demo Boys. So Demo we boys. definitely got to get that guy back on an episode. Shout out to well, shout out to Nano for guest appearing on an episode of Demo Boys. Damn MMA boys. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Demo Boys, let's get it. Golden um, days. Come a long way. Those, those were definitely the golden days. So um, at this point... We are all at least six plus shots in. We are pretty good to go. And we have talked about quite a bit of fights. And 
honestly, we've had a really, really great time chatting with you guys about our favorite um, trilogies of all time. And just kind of vibe with you people. So again, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and smash that bell for notifications if you haven't already. Um, again, wait, what, 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 which way is it? Boom, this guy right here to my right is This Is Drew, at This Is Drew on the Twitters. And this guy right underneath me, Aso Akiro. It's not Aso Akiro on Twitter. Why don't you go ahead and shout out your Twitter there, Aso Akiro? Thank you, Ellen. My Twitter name is Jay Brandon, but uh, I mean, with the kind of speed that we have here, also Carol might be in your social media platform soon enough. So thanks again for the plug, but Jay Brandon for right now and now on. Uh, and we'll go out. Next shout out, Owen. What we got here? We got Nano Jive Turkey, aka. Hello. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's at Jive Turkey Talk. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. It's I try there. to be right. Find me on the tweets. Let's go. At Jive Turkey Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, again. Thank you so, so, so much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate you as usual. If you haven't already liked, comment, subscribe. Uh, Make sure you comment right after the episode and say that everybody but Mystic Drew was correct on their picks. Um, And and that that DC and Stipe was the worst pick of all. For I'm just kidding. It was actually a really, really solid pick. I just have to give this as Drew shit because, uh, you know, we, we typically side on different sides of the spectrum here. So, cutting the music, queuing up the extra, the exit, X shit, X shit. That's what X happened there? The X shit, the X shit oh, there, the exit outro. Uh, and again, we will see you guys next week. We got a fucking hell of a card coming up here for the next one here. It's a big time pay per view. And it is, I mean, we just talked about trilogies. Guys, can, can you tell me what's happening in this next fight? Is it a trilogy? Is it a quadrilogy? What's happening? Oh, it's a trilogy. Quadrilogy. It's a quadrilogy. Quadrilogy exclamation point. The only thing that can be better than a trilogy is a quadrilogy where the guy who's lost three out of three times is somehow the motherfucking favorite. And that is going to be my pick for the kind of okay parlay. But we'll get into that in the next episode, ladies and gentlemen. So, as usual, like, comment, subscribe, uh, smash that fucking bell for notifications. And we will see you in the next episode. Later.